When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, and welcome to episode number 18 of the Andy Campbell Championship Show, only on Ace Podcast Nation. Christmas is around the corner. Everyone is jovial, except me. I know this, not because of the date, but because my kids are annoyingly hyperactive. I've got no gifts, and the stress is well and truly setting in. I'm your host, Sai, and I'm joined by ex-Premier League and Championship striker, Cardiff City legend, Mr. Andy Campbell. As usual, we will start with any other business. Then we'll have three main featured games from the weekend's rounds and matches, which we will focus on in detail as well as talking all the other games. We'll have our two for two, where we select two players who've had a blinder, a nightmare. Andy will answer your questions, no matter what they are and what they're about, within reason. Uh, And then we will finish off with the soon-to-be award-winning 10-second segment, that is Fake Geordie Bingo Lingo, where Andy teaches me something about his northern culture, whether it's food, a location, slang, a well-known phrase. It's just an education on this show every week. Learn something new. Always, always learning, Si. Always, always learning. learning. Every, oh, day. Right. So every day is a school day. Every day is a school day. See, as I've never been up north, this is fantastic for me because by the time I go up to Middlesbrough in 2020, It'll be like I know the place like the back of my hand. Oh, you'll be a, you'll be a local by the time you're there. I know. I'd be I'd be like joining in with all the slang. I'd be saying, "Oh, have you been to this place? You been to that place?" And be, just fit in. You just need the you just need the matching haircuts. Yeah, well, I've got to speak to my son about that. I'm not allowed to, not allowed to cut it until he says. And at the, yeah. at the moment, he's saying you got to keep growing it, like growing it. And he said you got to go down to your waist like a rock star. So yes, that voice that you can hear is uh, joining me to talk all these subjects and more, provide his expert insight, analysis, the one and only, the goal collector, the legend of the Millennium Hello. Stadium, the king of the north, Mr. Andy Campbell. Welcome, buddy. Good evening, my friend. How are we? All right, mate. I'm not stressing about Christmas at all. It's not, <laughs> it's not stressful. I got, I, uh, I, do you know how many gifts I've got? None. None. Do you know how many kids i got? Three. Do you know how many? It's my, it's, my son, it's my son's birthday on Tuesday, 17th, and I have nothing. So he could be in for a shock. <laughs> but there we go. Hopefully, you won't watch us. But everyone should watch us. You can catch yeah. us, uh, you know, watch it in video format. See how that, that is how you do a link. See? Just linked in nicely. 
That's mm-hmm. why Johnny Wesh keeps badgering all these BBC and Sky producers. Yeah, it's just, it's just natural, isn't it? It's just yeah. natural. It just, it just flows. Just did it, it naturally. It's, 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 it's just flows. It's not even, pl- it's not even planned. It's not I even didn't planned. even plan it. It's like the opposite yeah, to what I've got written down <laughs> as well. <laughs> it's the same every week. I, go, I get one thing written down and then I go off on some yeah, tangent about it. something else. But yeah, yeah just don't say it. that's it. So yeah, video, youtube.com slash acepodcastnation. Audio at the usual podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, wherever you listen to your podcasts, you can find us. And yeah, if you're an Android guy or girl, an Apple guy or girl, Windows, Mac, wherever you want, you will find us, video or audio. Today's show brought to you by friend, Away Day Apparel. Away Day Apparel is a group of casually obsessed football fans looking to bring something different to the wardrobes of like-minded people. With football music and weekend carnage high on the agenda, they aim to bring you some exclusive products. They're edgy, controversial, but most importantly, current. From t-shirts, polos, shorts to hoodies, jackets and accessories, stick with them and they aim to bring you terrace wear that will turn heads and provide the cutting edge look we all crave. Nice and smooth, nice and smooth. So we're already into it. See how quick I did the plugs then? Exactly. Done. Bang, bang, bang. I don't do everything that quick though. What's going on? All over the place. Right. So first of all, we've got any other business. Any other business. So I'm going to go first this week because I got a long list of stuff. I'm going to start with the, the positive stuff before I get to some of the negative stuff. Um, so I watched the Manchester Derby on what was it, Saturday afternoon, uh, Saturday yeah. evening. Yeah. First time I've watched a Saturday evening game in a while. Uh, I don't always watch as much live football as I would like, the kids and stuff, and their own football. But um, I watched it and I thought, wow, wow, I've got pretty much every decision spot on, which I thought was really nice to see. Um, the Rashford penalty, I gotta say I don't know the ref saw it. Um and that's my one issue with VAR or in terms of which is not so much VAR, but is the actual referees. I feel like they're getting a bit lazy. Um, yeah. and they're not making decisions because they just think, Oh, well VAR will pick it up. And mm. you know, it was a penalty all day long. It just just barged him off, you know, barged him off the board yeah. and t- didn't touch the ball. Um it still takes far too long for me though, because I think, for instance, like the ref didn't give the pen and they played on for a bit. Um, and my issue is, in that time that they played on, the VAR people should have been looking at it and then within a minute, like within a minute, it was clear it was a penalty. So while they were still playing, they should have said to the ref, it's a penalty. But it seemed yeah. like they said, oh, hang on a minute, we need to look at that penalty. And then yeah. the ref stopped the game a minute or two later. Then they looked at it then they made the decision and it just drags it out a bit. Whereas I feel like they could have made that decision in the time that they, you know, they carried, they played on where the ref didn't give a decision. I totally agree. So it's the laziness for me. I think it's, uh, the, I, I was, I was delighted that, that they finally got something right because, uh, I watched, um, I think it was Thursday night. I watched Newcastle play Sheffield United and I was just absolutely distraught with what, with what I was watching. Cause I know we text all the time and you know what I mean? Like sometimes I don't want to watch the game just in case these things just come out. And yeah, the Lions made a mistake by, by putting this flag up 
you know what I mean? But then the, the, the conversation you have on social media is, is, I've got a lot of Newcastle friends, so, you know what I mean? They were delighted and they were all telling me that, that the referee made the right choice. Well, he didn't make the right choice because the linesman put his flag up so that, that the players stopped. And everyone says, play at the whistle. You're taught as a kid to play at the whistle. These aren't kids. These are professional adults who look at keeping a high line. They, they look at keeping level with the next person next to them. And they believe, if they see a flag, that that's, that's going it. to be called offside. So, rightly or wrongly, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a massive grey area because, yes, they should have played to the whistle. If they had, they might, Shelby might not have scored and then they might have realised that it was... The interesting thing would have been, would have been is if... Is if is if he hadn't scored and then they called it onside, but then what's the point of calling it onside? There's not, if, the, if the linesman called it, on, called it offside, they wouldn't have looked at it again because the referee's blew his whistle and made the decision. So then it just it stops all this. I know he was onside and I know I'm probably contradicting myself, but the linesman's put his flag up. If he's told not to put his flag up, he's got, a, he's got half a second or a split second. So for me, is he redundant then? Is, is his job just for ins and outs? Do you know what I mean? That's, yeah. my, that's, my, that's, my, that's my concern now. What's, what's his role? Is his role becoming the same role as the fifth official or whatever they're called who stands behind the goal? But then I suppose in one way you could ch- they could change it slightly, couldn't they? And they could say, look, for linesmen, you only put your flag up for an offside if you're absolutely sure. However, mm. that's what they're supposed to do anyway. Yeah, so that's what he was. He was, he was 100% sure. He was 100% sure he was offside. And it was a close one. It was. It looked offside in real time. I gotta say. Of course, it, of course it did. And it, it, in fact, it looked it looked offside the more I watched it, and even in slow motion. It was only when when they started getting the lines out when I thought where I thought he's onside, or, or part of him was onside. Or, and this this is this is the grey area. You know what I mean? That which body part, if any, or if all, well, this have is... you got to be have you got to be offside? Is it is it yeah, your toe? Is... is it your head? Is it your armpit? Is it your bum? What is it? If some of if if some of you is offside, you're offside. If it's got to be, it used to have to be daylight. That, yeah, that, was the, that was the thing when I played. It was daylight. So if there's daylight between you, you and the defender, you're offside. There's no daylight anymore because it's just. Well, I like the daylight thing because it's like a, a kind of line in there. It's like an imaginary line where yeah. you can make a decision either or. Whereas this thing where oh his little toenail is onside, that's like because that no linesman can see that. So then you just it's just you're just micromanaging like stupid things, mm. and it takes away from the game. Um, yeah, you got to play to the whistle, and I think what clubs have got to just tell their teams, haven't they? they they've just got to keep playing and playing and playing until the referee stops yeah. the game, because VAR, you know VAR will sort it out, hopefully. So you've just got to play until the referee, you know, blows his whistle and stops the mm. game. Yeah. And it's the only way you can do it. And, you know, realistically, they should do that anyway. They know that there's a VAR. So as soon as John Joe Shelby keeps going, they should have kept going. But the problem mm. is, because he took it kind of on the run, didn't he, if I remember correctly? Yeah. By the time they realised he was still going, he's got like five yards on him. Mm. Because he's in full, you know, full sprint, whereas they've stopped thinking it's offside. Yeah. And he was very clever, man. I got him. You got to give it to him. He was very clever because he knew. Yeah, he knew that there was, a, you know, if if I go through and I score, I just say I didn't hear the whistle. If I'm worst case scenario, I get booked. Well, that's that's the, that's the thing. But I was if Var goes, goes back to it, if Var goes back to it, he knows there's a goal. They can't not then he, give the goal. No, but then then 
you know what I mean? If if if, but then does he? So if he is offside, does he does does he get booked for kicking the ball away? Yeah, he'd have to be. Because he'd he have to be, but stop. Yeah, exactly. But that's, you know, that's ludicrous, isn't it? But he's taken that risk, yeah. hasn't he? Because he knows yeah. what we got video refereeing. And it was yeah. only a matter of time before something like that was going to happen where mm. everyone stops, but the striker or the person to forward is thinking, well, no, I'm going to put it in just yeah. in case when they look at it, it wasn't a foul or it wasn't offside or, you know, whatever it was. And I think, you know, you've got to give him, him credit for that. I think it was very, oh, very Of credit. course. It was, it was extremely good attacking player. I think a lot of other teams will, will do that now. You know what I mean? If they, see a, if they see an offside, they'll carry on, put it in the net, and then ask for, ask for that to sort it out. I've I got to say, they, they need to um, make it clear, because I've seen a couple of game, games recently where it seems like the players are allowed to ask for VAR rather than yeah. the referee wanting it to be checked. Now, I was mm. under the impression that it was to correct a clear and clear, op, you know, clear, uh, what's, what's the word in? Mm. A clear discrepancy, say, or whatever, yeah. that the referees made an error. Um, what, and that it was down to the referee and the VAR team to decide what they would look at. I, or, they go down, or they go down the tennis route side. Or, of, and they've got three appeals. You get, you get so many. You've got so many. Captain makes a choice. That works in cricket very well, I think. Um, yeah. And I think once, that, that if, might... If you, what happens in cricket, though, is it, what happens if you lose? They have two. So if you, if you ask for a review and you don't get, you know, if it's not out, then, yeah. or you, you, you lose your review. So if you're reviewing for the batsman to be out and he's not out, or you review as a batsman that you've been given out and you think it's not out and you are out, you lose the review. And then mm. after your two reviews are gone, it's tough. And I quite mm. like that, I think, because I think but that then, will, that will stop having this clog up of, you could have like yeah. 20 million VAR instance per game. Mm. But then, uh, but then the only only problem with that with that with that incident is uh, Sheffield United will have wanted to do it, and so will Newcastle, yeah, yeah. because the Lions have put his flag up. So it's well, if the Lions have put his flag up, the ref should have called offside. So then Sheffield United won't have had to do it because Newcastle will have wanted. Yeah, of course. Because, yeah, yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, I I'm not hundred percent sure. Like like I say, I think from my point of view, I thought. John Joe, I don't like John Joe Salvi at all. So I begrudgingly say that I think he was very, very clever. And I thought yeah. he did really well because he could have stopped when he saw the flag himself. And he did. Yeah, he's offside because he, he's, he's he's he plays for Swansea. It's one of the things, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's just, it's just the way fact. it goes. It's a fact. And fact. Just, while, just while we mention Swansea, shout out to all the Cardiff fans who voted for Swansea in the. Uh, main featured games which it was funny because on Sunday morning the, that poll which was the third poll of the three had the mm. least amount of votes like for everyone um, and by the time the Swansea game had finished it had the most which I thought was quite interesting I'll um, be honest I've, I voted it but I voted it for another reason and I'm going to explain my reason later so yeah you say that you, you... No, I'll, 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 <laughs> tell reason. I'll tell the real reason um, <clears throat> Just last thing I say on VAR, actually, Don, and then, uh, going back to the Manchester derby, is it wasn't just the Rashford penalty, which we got right. Uh, I think it was two, maybe three handballs, which it also, they also got right. There was one where Fred had his arms behind his back to stop the offside, and then he slid in to block it. And as he slid in, his arms come down, because he's had to move his arm to stop him from breaking his arm, just to brace his fall. And then it's hit him as he's put his arm on the floor at the very last minute. 
Now, to me, yeah. that's not that's not handball because he's, well, it's, it's, he's making well, every uh, chance not to. Handball's handball supposed to be is your hand or your arm being in an unnatural position. Yeah. So if you're sliding, your arm or your hand has got to go on the floor to stop you from breaking, breaking your hip your yeah. or breaking your arm or banging your head on the floor. That's what you do. We the first thing if you go for, you fall over now, the first thing you do is put your arms down. Yeah. So if you put your arms on the floor and somebody kicks the ball at it's 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 a natural position. You know what I mean? The unnatural position is when you lift it up or you have it above yeah. your head or to the side and that's you know what I mean there was an incident in the championship at the weekend which I'm going to talk about as well which 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 was given as 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 handball but it's unnatural position so mm. well for me like when I saw that when it hit when they showed the replay of it I thought oh they're going to give that it's at home it's in it's, you know it's at Man City they lose <laughs> they're losing and it's you know it's clearly hit his hand I, I think they're going to give that even though it doesn't fall into any of the rules because I think there's actually a rule being added this year which says if the player's putting his like he's got his arm down as he's sliding it doesn't count so I did think oh are they going to they're going to give that but they didn't I think Guardiola feels very uh, very hard done by at the minute with with, with, with VAR and handballs and stuff and, and, and I get his point because it's happening in big games happened in the Liverpool game happened in the United game so it's, it's, the, it's the big game occasion and it's would he expect it the other way around? You know what I mean. Well, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to look at both sides of the coin. Yeah, for me, I think um, some of the previous VAR decisions they've had against them, I actually feel that they have been a bit hard done by. Whereas these ones on Saturday, I kind of felt like they were right. Um, but yeah, you know, you've got to kind of. He wasn't happy, was he? But I, I think he was probably more frustrated with the performance than the VAR. The VAR thing probably, and the handballs just add to it, don't they, for him? Yeah, it's, it's circumstances, isn't it? It's, 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 it's moments, big moments in, big, in the big games, and that, that moment would have gotten back in the game. And, but he, like you say, he's frustrated because his side's not playing very well at the minute. The results are rubbish at the minute, and, and he's unhappy with the way that things are going. And That's just, it's life. Indeed. Um, so just sticking with the, the Manchester derby, um, Aaron Wan-Bissaka. Signed mm. from Crystal Palace in the summer. Yeah. A lot, lot of money. A lot, lot, lot of money. Only a young man, though. He's about, I think, 21. Maybe yeah, younger. Ridiculous. Um, but he played, he was a fullback for United against a player who, in our last show in the international break, uh, we said could potentially be in for the Ballon d'Or in the next couple mm. of years. Uh, we said he's probably in the top five players in Europe, if not the world, in Raheem Sterling. Um, and Aaron Wan-Bissaka was just outstanding in every aspect of his game. He was yeah. great going forward, but like most impressive is speed, strength, and like anticipation versus Sterling in the one-on-one. It was just unbelievable. It was one of the best performances as a of a fullback that I've seen in a you know a long time since since Super Kevin is pomp at Cardiff really. Yeah, he's um. He's in a world of his own for me. You know what I mean? That that, that he seems to have everything. He's, he's a modern day fullback who's got pace, power, aggression, speed. He loves going forward, and I think as a, as a modern day fullback, you know what I mean? You look at the Cafus of years gone by, the Roberto Carlos's who just they, 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 their enjoyment was just going forward and bombing on and bombing on, and he's got an, he's got that in abundance, and he's got the license to go and do it. And you know what I mean? I'm really impressed with him. He loves a slide tackle. He loves getting. The fans excited with the way he tackles. You know what I mean? That he's, 
he's a little bit erratic at times, I'd say. You know what I mean? Because if he catches someone with a slide tackle, he probably will get himself in a lot of trouble. But when he wins the ball, it, it just looks like a great tackle. And maybe he's just timing him so well. Um, but he's got he's certainly got a great future. You know, he's 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 time for a lot of money, um, playing for one of the biggest clubs in the world now. And the world is oyster now. You know, the, obviously, the, the, the football club's seen a, uh, seen a proper player in him. You know what I mean? That That... Probably United haven't had a fullback who can defend like he can defend since probably Gary Neville. And you're going back that's class of ninety two and that's a that's a big massive statement by the way. So mm. but he's got a lot more attributes going forward and he'll he'll score more goals, he'll he'll get more assists than Gary did, you know what I mean? So he's he's got he's got a real future ahead of him and I'm I'm so excited to see where he'll go. What I like about him is that he is so good going forward, like you know, modern fullbacks are. Model, you know, a lot of modern fullbacks are more like wingers these days, isn't they? But um, well, well normally fullbacks I can't defend. Yeah, well, you know what I mean because the, the wingers, the, the the wingers are being converted into a into a defender. But he he can do everything. He's got the lot. He's got he's got the lot. And you know what I mean? I, I can't see there's going to be many wingers in the world who will enjoy trying to take him on or get any joy from taking him on because he's got pure pace, power, strength, agility, good in the air. It'll be uh, it'll be very very interesting to see. Um, to see if he uh, if he gets outdone by anybody this season. Well, he's not going to face that many better than Raheem Sterling, but he is no. young, so he's probably you know he's going to go in and out of form. Um, is he in the in is he in the England squad already? Um, no, I think he's been in around the the frames and stuff. So you know, I fully expect him to get a get a call up for a friendly, up and coming friendlies, and then it's down to him to continue this form, like you say. You know what I mean? Form dips and. You know what I mean? With him being a young boy, you know what I mean? Obviously, maturity and, and things and consistency. But, you know, he's got an opportunity. And if he can... There's always a surprise with England going forward in the Euros. Always. It was with Theo Walcott. And, you know what I mean? And Gaza going, going, going a long way back and not getting the squad. So, there's always one surprise with the England squad. And it could be him, 100%. I think I would take him. Because I think, like, you could... Have to, if, you, if England could take him, you know, Alexander-Arnold, uh, what's the Leicester boy? Um, Jewel. What's his name? Chilwell. Chilwell, yeah. Uh, and then you've got those three plus one other. What a, what a set of fullbacks that is. And they can all yeah. defend. Yeah, which yeah. a lot of, you know, and going back just quickly to what you were saying about the wing converted wingers, before United brought him in, if they didn't have Luke Shaw, so now they've got him and Luke <laughs> Shaw and that young boy. But before that, they had Ashley Young, winger, mm. who was converted. Valencia, Valencia winger. winger. And there was another one who was rather was a winger who is converted. And mm. it's, you know, don't get me wrong. I think at certain points, Ashley Young has done very well at fullback for him. Mm. I think he gets a lot of abuse and stuff and unwarranted sometimes. But mm. I also think he probably should have left Man United, you know. It's just the way for me, the way, the way clubs are going, Si, because um, teams like Man United, Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, etc., that they don't defend that that much. So, you need more offensive plays, you need more options if that's extra wingers or extra quality from deep. It's you know what I mean, it's 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 the way that football's evolved. Yeah, and I gotta say, just the last thing I'll say about Man United now is that um after I watched the Spurs game and the Man City, uh, Man City game, and then um, one thing I would say is I would not be in a hurry. Like I've been a massive critic of Solskjaer, massive because I thought he was disgraceful at Cardiff, he was terrible. And I couldn't believe that United gave him a job. And then obviously he had that run at the start of his, you know, when he was the caretaker boss and you had to give him the job. And then I thought, well, now he's, he's showing what I thought 
which was that he's a bit tactically inept and probably jobs too big for him. But mm. after watching him versus Spurs and Man City and the young players they've brought in and got, they've got rid of the old, some of the older players, they've got rid of some of the bigger names. And, you know, let's not forget they beat those, they beat Spurs, they beat Man City without Paul Pogba. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be in a hurry yet to get Pochettino because I believe that Pochettino wants the Man United job. So mm. I believe that if he wants it, he'll be willing to wait because he got paid £12 million by Spurs to not take another Premier League job this year, this season. So, yeah. you know, let him have his £12 million and just see how it goes because the one thing that United have suddenly got is a very, very young squad. So if they add to that with a bit of experience, you don't know what, you know, maybe yeah, Solskjaer will, you know, Fergie was terrible for a season and a half. First season, yeah. So, was again worth the sack on him. Clubs yeah. are so fast at getting rid of but, managers. You know, maybe, maybe they should give him a bit of more time. Yeah. I, I think he was, he was probably, he was probably a, a defeat away against Spurs from losing his job. So. Well, I think if they'd got stuffed by Mourinho and then Man City, they probably would have been gone, wouldn't they? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So to, to pull out that level of performance with those young players under that much pressure is commendable, I suppose. Yeah, of course it is, yeah. Uh, so sticking on, the, it's, a lot happened in this game is the reason. But um, another yeah. one, which we have to talk about, unfortunately, because we've talked mm. about it in about... I think this week, what's this, show 18, this is 18 of this season. Um, so technically we've done 19 because we had that one which we lost. And I think we talked about racism in that one as well. Um, yeah. We've talked about racism at least three times, maybe four yeah. in total, if you include that show which we lost. Um, so Fred, uh, late in the game, I think it, I think it was still 2 0, it might have been 2 1. Fred, yeah. Fred's gone over to take a corner for Man United. And as soon as he's gone over there, you can see all the fans stand up and they start screaming abuse at him, which, you know, is what it is. That's football, I suppose. Mm. It's tribal and whatnot. That's, I'm all right with that to a, to a certain degree, depending on what's being said. Um, and then he gets bombarded with like lighters and bottles and stuff. So he comes away. And then as he's walking back to take the corner after the referees picked up the lighters and whatever, um, you see this one guy doing like a like a monkey chant and yeah. well, I think he called him like a racist slur and stuff. Uh, yeah. It's just disgusting. But what was most frustrating and upsetting for me was a missed... Oh, no, I wouldn't... No, that's wrong. It's not the most frustrating and upsetting thing because I'm most upset and frustrated that there's like racism in 2019 in the British football top tier. That's what's most upsetting and frustrating for me. But one of the things which was probably equally frustrating is if you watch that video clip, when he goes back over to take the corner, in amongst all those guys, mainly screaming and shouting and this guy being racist, there's a lady with a young kid trying to to get the steward's attention to take her kid (laughs) out of the stadium because she obviously, she doesn't feel comfortable. You know, the kid probably doesn't feel comfortable. And that's sad, like, because, you know, kids are mm. uh, the fans which are going to be there for years. You know, everyone remembers. The future, yeah, future yeah. football. And I say I've got a few problems with it and a few problems that, like you say, it's 2019. When's it going to end? You know what I mean? I'm, I'm getting bored of it. And, that, and this, isn't, this isn't me sounding disrespectful, by the way, because, you know what I mean? The point of it is, 
you know what I mean, that we all, the people jumped on the bandwagon, probably including the people who did it, by the way, uh, at Bulgaria and, and supported Raheem Sterling and supported other Man City players. You know what I mean? Sterling was, was stood in that corner area. Mm. So they're doing racist chance to their own player. Yeah. Well, Sterling I mean, was stood like 10 yards away from where this guy people was. Are, people are having to go at him. People are having to go at Raheem and, and saying that he didn't stand up for him, but you know what I mean? You've got, to see, you've got to see from his point of view for me that I probably see the bigger picture and I think that the, the bloke's angry. You know what I mean? The few other people are angry. Man City getting battered by Man United. Raheem Sterling goes over there. What's he going to get? He's going to get abuse. You know what I mean? So he's standing there probably uncomfortable, awkward. You know what I mean? And if no one knows what's getting said in the tunnel, what's getting said behind no. closed doors. And you know what I mean? That he, He's good mates with, with Rashford. You know what I mean? So there's... Well, the other thing is, mate, is um, Rashford, I think it was Lingard, said at the time they didn't even, they didn't know about it until they saw the clip afterwards. So to say that Raheem Sterling should have, because I saw people saying that, or Sterling, he's, what did I see on social media? This one guy was saying, or Sterling was saying about Bulgaria and he goes on about how much abuse he gets, yet he didn't stick up for Fred when Mm. he was racially abused. And it's like, well, no, he probably didn't know. Because as far as we're aware, yeah. yes, there was people screaming and shouting. And you've got to remember, there's hundreds of voices screaming abuse there in mm. that corner. And it was only, as, as far as we know, it was just one guy who was doing the racist yeah. uh, you know, motion and, the, and said, I think he, I can't remember what he called him, but he called him something uh, racist. Like Sterling wouldn't have known that until afterwards. So what's he supposed yeah. to do? Like, and this is my point. I made this point on the football podcast that I did with uh, Haley from Fee Wales and Jamesy right at the start of the season. Is Raheem Sterling gets so much abuse from the media mm-hmm. and the people? I think we discussed it as well. And I think he handles it incredibly mm-hmm. well. And I think he's a big role model for how to deal with idiots and how to mm-hmm. deal with the pressures of um, media and the way the tabloids work. And I would send him around football clubs to speak to young players who are breaking mm. into first teams to tell them how to deal with it. Because, you know, over the last couple of years, how many young players have you seen have problems with the media stitching them up, whether it's Jack Grealish yeah. or... So if they had players like Raheem Sterling who could speak to them and they, you know, they know they can speak to, to help them through dealing with that, then that's only a good thing. I totally agree. I, I can't totally stand agree. tabloid papers, mate. I can't stand the media in general, but... Um, but totally yeah. agree. Totally know, agree. Talk Sport and BBC, you know, they're great. They, they need the Andy Campbell show. <laughs> Funny. It just makes me chuckle. Because <laughs> Johnny... Uh, for, for those of you who don't know what we're on about... Um, one regular listener, Johnny, uh, what's his name? Johnny Wish. Uh, he's been yeah. messaging Talksport and Sky and BBC and saying that they should have the Andy Campbell Championship show on their channel because it's beating the on, drum. Beating the drum because it's better than anything else on their platform. Bang on, bang on. Not wrong, but um, yeah, yeah. It's just sad that we have got to talk about this racism yeah. again. I, I thought Fred handled it really well though as well. Yeah, considering he got hit. He could yeah, have easily so turned around and got into it, mm. but he just walked. You know, he just jogged up, like walked yeah. away, didn't he? But like that's dodgy. What people don't understand is, I know, like I saw some people saying, "Oh, what's? It was a bottle, or it was a, it was a lighter, or some coins." 
But you try getting hit by a coin or a lighter from mm. like quite a either height coming mm. down onto you or um, like thrown with a bit of venom from close. It yeah. hurt, mate. Especially if you're not expecting it. Hey, sang, I got it with a uh, with a pie. All them, you know what I mean? That tomato sauce. That was that was tasty. That you know what I mean? There was there was, there was tomato sauce all over my face. I could I could taste it for ages. <laughs> you had to eat it though. <laughs> No, after I just took a little bit of the sauce off it. Yeah, it, was, it was nice, it was a bit warm, a bit warm, a bit warm at the time. But should have done what Danny Alves did when they threw a banana at him and just eat it. I thought that was the greatest thing ever. I did. I'm going back. Uh, I'm going back in the day. I watched uh, Gaza play for Spurs at Ayrton Park, and uh, all the Middlesbrough fans were throwing Mars bars at him, and he uh, he put a couple in socks. He, he ate a couple just while the game was on. I just thought he was just amazing. Just He's amazing. Legend, eh? Amazing guys. Amazing Gaza. Amazing. So um, I know you wanted to talk about um, the how other sports are promoted compared. Yeah, to Yeah, uh, I, I think uh, I think we all we all got in, in, in embroiled in the boxing at the weekend, and um, I think probably from Thursday Friday the way that the, the way that Frank Warren and um, handles him, Eddie Hearn as well, Eddie Hearn, sorry, and, and and just and just 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 the way that they um, promote things. You know what I mean? That 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 football I think could be even bigger and better. If it was handled in the right manner, you know what I mean, because boxing's no bigger than football, absolutely whatsoever. You know what I mean, and 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 sometimes I think that the football authorities and the football governing bodies and the football probably football clubs think that they're happy with the way that it goes. But you know what I mean. For me, I think football could be promoted a little bit better. Players could be promoted a little bit better in 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 the light of what we just said there about Raheem Sterling, and you know what I mean. These these players could become role models, superstars in the right way. Then. Like Anthony Joshua is, and right, other people are. You know what I mean? Because yes, you're going to get uh, these comedy villain villains like um, Tyson Fury. You know what I mean? Who people love to hear, and people love him because of that reason. But at the same time, Anthony Joshua's got no no bad bone in his body. Uh, but at the same time, footballers have the same have the same same feelings, the same good values, and I just think that that clubs, chairman, owners. Just football clubs in general could promote these kind of players, just so that absolute superheroes to to young players and families like that, like the lady who's 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 left that game on Saturday with a with a really bad feeling, but that's from one individual. You know, yeah. I mean, these kind of players want want to bring her back into the game because, like you said, she's the future. And you know what I mean? That, that I'm, I'm not asking for pay per view. I'm not asking for this kind of thing because I think that that side of it is distortionate. But you know what I mean? I think that. Other other sides of it that 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 the promoters get these things spot on, but then it's a business end of the day, and they're making money, so it's it's getting well, that fine balance. If I was um, the Premier League or the Championship or the FA, I'd um, I would probably be willing to get Barry Hearn and Eddie Hearn involved in that side of the promoting it and stuff, because particularly if they were to go down the route of the Netflix thing that we discussed last week and have their own mm. platform where then you're not going to have Sky pushing it as much. You know, they're still going to cover it because Sky Sports and that sort of thing, you know, they're going to report the news and the results and all this sort of stuff, have the highlights <laughs> or whatever. But if, you, if they're in charge of their own TV rights and stuff, then yeah. I think having someone like, you know, the Hearns on board would would be a good shout to, to take it to the next level. I think um, it would be good for, good for the, the football, for the league. You know what I mean? I, I, 
I think the problem we've got is is, is if individual teams did it as a as a as a as an individual and just made their club even bigger and did it worldwide, so that it'd be you know what I mean. And I don't know, it's, it's getting a fine balance in, in it, and because some teams wouldn't buy into it, um, buy into a collective one because individually, I think certain clubs could be bigger around the world than they will be collectively. Like the United, who are worldwide brand, you know what I mean? Man City, Chelsea, yeah. Liverpool. Um, whereas Norwich and Sheffield United, it'd, it'd, it'd be huge because of it. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think so. Um, the thing I like about Eddie Hearn is he um, is he's very good at what he does. But he also, I watched an interview with him the morning after, just on a, someone's YouTube channel. It was just, a, I think it's owned by his media company, but. But still, it was just him sat down, and he's very much kind of no bullshit. He'll just say what he's, yeah. you know, say what he's got to say. Yeah, I like is it. What it is. And he's, um, yeah, yeah, I like that. So that's any other business done. So let's move on to the the good stuff, the big stuff, as voted for by the people. The main featured games for this week: Cardiff Barnsley, Swansea West Brom, and Borough Charlton. Wasn't it? So we'll go in alphabetical, alphabetical order as usual, which means we start with the mighty Bluebirds, 3-2, Barnsley. Neil Harris unbeaten. Yeah, well, tough start, I think, in, 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 in the game. We, we spoke about Barnsley, side about, about how dangerous they are going forward. And I think they keep surprising teams week in, week out. I think, um, I know Middlesbrough did it through the week that they that take... Um, I think they took Barnsley for granted a little bit I think other teams have done it Hull did it at the weekend uh, last weekend we spoke how good they were when they beat them 3-1 and uh, Barnsley went into the game probably with no fear going into the game with a little bit of confidence and uh, went 1-0 up with a, I thought it was a very good goal I thought um, I thought it was well played got great ball through and uh, Chaplin finished it really nicely um, but then after I think um, sometimes goals can change games and not for the not for the good and I think unfortunately for Barnsley that, that Cardiff then came into the game and and uh, I've listened to an interesting interview from Neil Harris about uh, about the Cardiff weren't weren't great, but uh, they found a way to win, and good teams find ways to win. And I think summed up brilliantly that. But you know what I mean? Because um, the, when they weren't, when they're not at the best, uh, and, and obviously they weren't at the weekend, um, but you're still there to to pick three points up. And um, Cardiff look look dangerous again off set pieces and crosses, putting dangerous balls in the box. And when you've got people like Aidan Flint going forward. How on earth, by the way, they can give that as an own goal? Yeah, I it's do ridiculous. Not, I it? do not know. Do not know. Even 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 Pelly is one in a minute. While I'll talk about, but there was there was nowhere near Diaby, and Eden Flint gets ahead of him, puts ahead of him. You can tell by his celebration that he scored. You know, I mean, it was a big goal for him as well. Because I think was it a landmark goal? 50, it's fiftieth, yeah, fiftieth goal. So they took it off him. But you know what I mean? So great header as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was great. Brave. It had, it had everything. And got Cardiff in. Yeah, back in back in, back in get in the game a couple of minutes after. Obviously, Peltier's on goal straight after half time, and you know what I mean. It, it just shows that Neil Harris has instilled a never say die attitude at at, uh, at the City Stadium at the minute. And you know what I mean. He brought brought Danny Ward on, and straight away he gets his reward with a, with a, with a goal. So it looks a looks a great substitution. And then we obviously we've been beating the drum about Lee Tomlin, Tomlin for I don't know how long about that number ten. And you know what I mean. When you've got someone like him on the pitch. He can make things happen either creatively or, or goal scoringly. And you know, I mean, the technique he showed to, to put the volley in was just excellent, phenomenal, really. So, you know, I mean, I'm not saying they deserve to win because I don't believe they did deserve to win. I thought probably think that Barnsley probably deserved something out of the game. But when you've got players like Tomlin and 
and, and, and set pieces like Cardiff have and the dangers they've got. They've always got a chance to go and score goals. And, you know what I mean? The longer the game goes and injury time goes and, and teams sit back at you, Cardiff are always going to create chances and, 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 and they'll put the ball in the net at the end. And, you know what I mean? And you, three goals is but defensively is a worry still. You know what I mean? I, I don't think they've got things right defensively so far this season. You know what I mean? Neil Harris has had a couple of games where he's let two in. Charlton, first game of, this, first game of his, 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 his charge. Weekend again. So, he's got, defensively, he's still got a thing to, to get right because he shouldn't have to go and score three goals at home to win a game. No. Um, so, i just say, only a couple of real negatives for me was the defence, like you just mentioned. Um, I thought they started the first half, started the second half, they were very poor um, defensively, but I thought they were quite poor generally. Um, for the opening of each half, the, the, I thought Connor Chaplin I thought was really good all game. I was very very impressed with him. His all round play, his touch, his, his movement off the ball is really good. Because um, I watched the full ninety minutes, which I don't always get the chance to do. Um, yeah. And yeah, I just I was very impressed. I was impressed with Barnsley. I thought they were really good, and I still for the life of me, I said this a couple of weeks ago, can't work out why they're down the bottom of the league other than no. they just cannot keep clean sheets because yeah. they, going forward, they always look, or they all, you always feel like they might score, yeah. um, which is, is you know, it's is worrying in one way, but also their goals are kind of keeping them in touch at the moment as well. Um, I think it's given them a bit of belief, Si. You know what I mean? I don't think it's given them much, much more than that, but they've just got belief that they can score goals, create chances, you know what I mean? Because that, that's, not, that's not been a concern of, of theirs, you know what I mean? Creating chances, but how many goals have you got to score to win a game? The thing is, Ange, you wouldn't be surprised next week now if you'd like, you check the results of full time and you saw like Barnsley 4, whoever, nil, and they give someone a complete thrashing just because yeah. of the way they've been playing going forward. Um, yeah. I thought Aidan Flint was very, very good. I thought he had a real good game. I thought, Maybe, maybe if you were being ultra critical, he was at fault for the first goal because I feel like he was a little bit slow to react from the run through and that. But I think that was yeah. Well, I don't, I don't, think, I, don't think, I don't, I don't think that's his game. Uh, no. if I'm honest, do you know what I mean? I think, um, I think, but it's a good run, clever run, clever yeah. run, a good finish, you know. So, well, I'm not going to be ultra critical on it. No, but no. Like, like, like you say, you know what I mean. But sometimes you've got to. Potentially catch him offside by having a better line, you know what I mean? Because he's 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 running behind you, so you know what I mean. Sometimes you got to give it, got to give the centre forward a little bit of credit, and yeah. Uh, so yeah, so yeah. Um, I thought Lee Tomlin was excellent, but you know we've excellent been again, saying yeah. that he set up Danny Ward's yeah. goal with a nice little bit of vision. Um, Danny Ward, ten ten games he's played this year, he scored five. Um, so if he's fit for me, he's got to start over Medine. I'm not a massive fan of Medina, as I've said before. He's 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 done all right for Harris since he's come in. I'll give him. I will say that he's done pretty well. For he's Harris. Neil Harris's type of player, though, man. Because we, we, yeah, we've like said this Morrison, about, about it? Steve Morrison. Yeah, so he, he likes that big target man and, and people running enough, and that's, that's the way he does it. And to be fair, he's he's given himself an opportunity to carry this carry this on and, and Gary Gary to keep playing because. Um, because of how well the results have gone. Yeah, and I've got to say, Cardiff looked dangerous going forward again. There was a period under Warnock towards the end 
where Cardiff would get the ball and you just you just kind of felt like you were stuck in midfield constantly. They weren't getting it out yeah. wide. Mendes Lang looks dangerous again. Yeah, he's, um, well, it's some of the balls are put in the box. You know what I mean? The, that Aidan Flynn's starting to score goals and, and, and we're starting to score set pieces and it wasn't happening and sometimes managers can take clubs as far as they can and I, I did feel so for Neil at the end but and the day new managers come in and Neil was on um, goals on Sunday and he, he was very honest that he left the new manager with a with a good squad and potential to move further up the further up the table and said uh, if they left a couple of weeks ago Cardiff would, have been, would, would be top of the league by now and you know, I mean, it shows how much belief he's got in, in the squad, and mm. same belief as we've got. Or we've got. You know, I mean, we, we know on paper how, how strong and how good the team is. He just has to perform, and at the minute, they're performing. But I still think there's more to come from them, and still another gear or two. Yeah, I got to say, I was uh, watching it, and I was all these wonderful crosses are coming in, the good free kicks, good set pieces, which was another thing which had been very lackluster this year is the delivery from set piece. Mm. Um, and I was, I could only think, Glatzel must be looking at this, thinking, where are all these crosses and set pieces when I was playing yeah. up front? Because yeah. that's his game, that's yeah. what he needs, and he was yeah. getting his feet all the time. But look at some of the other, some of the other centre forward side in the league, and and I think um, if we could just, if, if we could just have him, or they could have, you know what I mean? There's there's so many players around the, the league at the minute who um, who were scoring regular goals, and I think. Um, I think if Cardiff had that had that twenty twenty five goal centre forward, you know what I mean. The difference would be phenomenal, whether it be. Oh yes, mate, definitely. That's the one thing. Well, I I keep banging the drum, <laughs> but Jay Bowen, mate, I think would. Uh, oh, I'd be happy. Well, to we'll we'll go on about him soon. But is um I'm um, it's getting um I won't say boring because that's not, that's really disrespectful. You know what I mean? But it's getting ridiculous, like, I, mate. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be I'm gonna be absolutely distraught if the um. If he leaves the championship, I'll be yeah, honest. Um, I will. Uh, and the thing is, on that side, the more goals he scores, the less likely it will be that he stays in this league. Because you yeah, know, I mean, do you he, think he's, they're going to struggle to hold him? No, they're, they're, it's impossible, mate. For me, it's impossible, impossible to keep him at, 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 at that football club. It's got to be. I think the only way they were going to possibly keep him is if they were in like the top two. Yeah, breaking well, yeah. broken away from the rest of yeah. the group and. And I think that, that 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 ship sailed with with what's going on in that league at the minute. Anyway, with those two, it's, it's just a crazy league, isn't it? Silliness, silliness. So yeah, let's uh, move on then to the to the mighty Borough with a big win against Charlton. Huge win, yeah, huge win. Um, just be before you, the, the, just before you start, mate, I was going to say massive pressure on Woodgate because I think it was Thursday or Friday. Story hmm. out: uh, Neil Warnock linked to the job after we discussed yeah. it last week. There was yeah. a big, big, uh, you know, big newspapers were reporting it literally mm. 24 or 48 hours before this game. So, he, yeah. you know, make no mistake, he was under pressure. He was, and to be fair, it was probably the best performance we've had all season. Um, he, he, by hook or by crook, he, he, he picked the right team. Um, he put through a young, few youngsters in, this, in the side. Um, he had uh, a young right back called uh, Spencer, who I thought was absolutely outstanding. He had uh, a young left back called Coulson. And for me, both players just set the tone of the game and had energy to burn going up and down both wing backs. Young pairs in goal, we give man, uh, we give um, so many plaudits to last week for uh, a performance in a four 0 four nil defeat and got a really good start uh, from um, from George Savile after a minute. You know what I mean? It was a decent save and then a follow up. And I was really, really disappointed with Charlton. 
you know, I mean, Joel Edley started, Lyle Taylor was back in the squad and was on the bench, came on at half-time, needs more games. He just looked looked a little bit off the pace for me. Um, and same as Joe, Joe just looked... Um, I felt sorry for him, really, because he, he said he was fit, says he was match fit, but there's a difference between match fitness and match sharpness. And Joe just looked out off the pace and and came off, came off at half-time and I felt really sorry for him. He just needs more games. And, and Charlton find it really hard at the minute. And for how good the start is, we were outside the playoffs and all the plodders we were giving them. They fell down that league like a stone at the minute and, uh, and they're falling really, really dramatically. And, and I think with Lee bringing in, um, with bringing in Joe and bringing in a couple of lads back in from the squad and, and trying to improve the squad because they are falling really quickly, that they need to change their fortunes around really quickly because Middlesbrough beat them 1-0 for me. Should have been 2-3-4. But Middlesbrough never really looked like getting that second second goal, which uh, which really would have made things a little bit easier on the manager and and give the fans a little bit of breathing space and the players. But deserved the win. And um, but with a couple of uh, tough games coming up, they play Forest on Tuesday, they play Swansea on Saturday. So there's an easy game. Uh, but mm-hmm. two away games, you know, what I mean, Swansea are going to be hurting. Forest are going to be hurting after what happened on Friday night. So. You know, I mean, they've got some real tough games coming up, and that one win was massive, of course. But you can only look forward to the next game, and if you win one game, but then lose lose the next two, you you're right back where you started again. So they need to pick some points up away from home because you can't just win your home game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so just before I talk about Middlesbrough, I just wanted to say, um, you know, we've we've been very fair on this show to everyone, um, mm. and we've really, you know, we've bigged up Lee Bowyer, and I've really talked about how impressed I've been with his tactics. I think they've been outstanding all season. Um, so he's still he's still up there. If if we had to, if we had to name a top three managers of the season, still he, would still, he would still be up there. Yeah, because absolutely. Of, because of the way he's handled the championship so far this season. And that's not saying Barnsley haven't. That's not saying Luton Town haven't. You know what I mean? But they've they've handled it the best out of the three and they've done really well. So yeah. you know what I mean? But but he's also he's just he's, he's struggling at the minute with something well, and, I don't, and I don't know what it is. Like I, what's impressed me previously has been how he he's adapted to different game situations and changed things around if he's needed to, changing the shape, changing the tactics. But I thought he got it wrong on Saturday for mm. for, for the main reason being you had Lyle Taylor of returning after three months out, um, and then you had Joe Ledley who hasn't played for. Since last it's year, it's been probably twelve months, yeah. yeah, sixteen months or something. Um, now I know they played, you know, either half, but I feel like both would have been better served to get twenty minutes at the end than having, you know, having Lee uh, Joe start. And I felt like he was, like you say, off the pace. He was struggling. Mm. I feel like he would have been better to get just build him up with twenty minutes at the end of each game for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like that did him a great deal of good from a confidence point of view, from the team's point of view. Um, and Lyle Taylor, yes, you know they were chasing the game, so they were obviously going to bring him on at halftime. But I do think, because he's been out for so long, you can't expect a young striker who's been out for three months with an injury to, you know, if an injury keeps you out for three months, it's a pretty serious injury. Hmm. But we've said though, I mean, you know, I mean, the pressure on this young young lad's shoulders to. You know what I mean? Ever since he's he's been injured, you know what I mean? They've struggled a little bit. You know what I mean? His goals kept them where they were in the league. You know what I mean? When the big Leeds United scored the winning goal, um, you know what I mean? The goals he scored has kept them where they are. And 
I just hope that he handles or they handle him correctly because throwing him straight in at half time and expecting him to go and go and save our season, go and get the equaliser. It's unfair a little bit, you know what I mean? Like you say, you know what I mean? For me, still in the game, 10, 15 minutes to go, throw him on. Go and do 45 minutes worth of running in 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. You know, there's the instructions. You know what I mean? We're still in the game. Go run your little socks off in 15 minutes. You've been out for three months. Cameo yeah. role. You know what I mean? Regardless how many reserve games, how many behind closed door games he's played, they're not the same. You can't replicate the feeling of that game. And the longer the half goes, you know what I mean? Been blowing out of his backside, bless him. You know what I mean? And 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 Middlesbrough shut up shop. And the so, thing is, for both of them as well. Yeah, it, for both of them as well. Is is the the risk of uh, of, of injury as well to mm. to play forty five minutes like that in the championship of all leagues? You know, it's tough. Um, I thought Middlesbrough were very good. Um, I was very impressed with uh, Hayden Coulson. Coulson, yeah, left very back. very he's, good. He's been excellent every time I've seen him. He's 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 taken over. Obviously, George Friend is a captain, and and I'll be honest, I'll be, I think he'll struggle to get back in. So you know what I mean. If you if you're old enough, you're good enough. If you you know what I mean. If you're good enough, you're old enough. Whatever. You know what I mean. You you judge on performances, and you know what I mean. He's 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 been excellent since he's come involved this season, and I thought Spence was a a breath of fresh air on the other side as well. Yeah, and um, obviously they scored very very early, which I probably settled a few you know a few nerves playing at home under pressure yeah. and not been playing great. But they have been better the last couple of weeks. Um, home, home, mate, I think, um, and I said it about Derby, that they were a different, different animal away in Middlesbrough. You know what I mean? That they probably roll over and, and, and get tickled a little bit. But at home, you know what I mean? They're solid, they're hard to break down. They don't score many goals, but they don't seem to let many in. So, you know what I mean? I think it'll be, a, hopefully, be a, a tougher place for teams to come when the bigger sides come. Yeah, and I think it comes back to like what we were saying about Solskjaer at the start of the show, mate. Is Woodgate? A, a, he's a young manager. You've got to give him time to to get to grips with it. I know Middlesbrough can't afford to go down, um, and they can't afford to be relegated. But you've got to give these guys time to to build their side, build their tactics, and how they want to play. And mm. you know, it's going to take time. When did he I've come said, in? I've he said, came I've in I've in the summer, didn't he? So yeah, I've said I've said all alongside for me. I, I think the whole thing would 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 look rosy if somebody came out from the football club and said our aim this season is to avoid relegation. Yeah. So if his if his remit is to avoid relegation, so far he's doing it. Not in the bottom three. He's achieving what the club wanted to achieve. You know what I mean? So it'll take the pressure off his shoulders a little bit. Well, remember. Uh, about a month back I said to you there was um, that thing on TalkSport on like a Friday night and they were saying uh, or his other TalkSport guy and they were saying it was Middlesbrough versus Birmingham I think it was and then the 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 commentator or the the radio host said that uh, they'd had it from the owners of the two clubs that they both wanted playoff places this year and I was thinking both these clubs should just be focused on staying up. Mm. Nothing else. Don't be realistic, You got, you got, you got to be realistic, and you know what I mean. That's not just, that's just, that's not just Middlesbrough, by the way. You know what I mean? There's, you're realistic. Your aims of getting promoted. You're realistic of the teams who get relegated. You've got to be realistic. You've got, to, you've got to look at what's, what's in and around that championship at the minute. And you know what I mean? We all knew Leeds were going to be in and around there. We all knew it. You know what I mean? So your, your spaces then get limited straight away. 
you know what I mean? There's a few teams that surprised us, and there's either way, but you just, it just, it, space has run out because there's too many fighting for top six. It's run out. Well, the thing is, you look at those two teams I mentioned there, Birmingham and um, Borough, is if their managers, uh, if their owners come out and they say, uh, our aim is to stay up this year, that's the, that's the goal for the season, then like you say, would, uh, Woodgate's doing a fantastic job. Yeah. Birmingham manager's doing a pretty good job. He's doing a great job. But if the chairman comes out, mate, at Middlesbrough and he says, uh, we, 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 we want to get in the playoffs, then at the end of the season... Then they'd Woodgate's both doing Wood- a bad job, aren't they? Woodgate's got, he's got to get the sack from achieving unless he gets yeah. in the playoffs. Because so he hasn't hit his targets. Exactly. I mean, any, any, any person who works at any level of, of, of targets or performance management, you know what I mean, and you don't need your remit, then... Surely you've you failed and you've got to look elsewhere for a job. Well, yeah, you look at that Birmingham thirteenth and Borough nineteenth. So I mean, how you know they're doing a great job if they're looking to stay above relegation. Totally if agree. they're gaming for the playoffs, they're not. They're failing, um, and mm-hmm. that creates an issue, which is an unneeded issue as well. May I add? It's mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't like that. Uh, next up, mate. <coughs> so. I've got a feeling that it was a lot of Cardiff City fans who voted this one in, but maybe people just wanted to, you know, I'm happy to assume that people, we've got some West Brom followers. Welcome. Um, and I'm welcome. I'm happy to have you on board. Yeah. Bring your, bring your friends. Exactly. Um, and hopefully, hopefully Swansea understand um, what's going to get said is not personal. Yeah, of course. Uh, and it's, it's, like we say, I've been a massive fan of, uh, of how how they play and how they've done it, but you, you look at the bigger picture side. So before the game, they they hadn't lost, they hadn't won in four. Sorry, they got beat by Fulham. They drew with Huddersfield. They lost against Millwall. They lost against uh, they drew against Sheffield Wednesday. So they, they were in um, a bit of a, a dubious form and, and playing against the side who won the won the previous six. Um, Slavin Bilic, oh my lord, he's 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 inundated with um, attacking players. Um, he's got Matt Phillips, Dean Garner, Pereira playing absolutely fantastically well, and it's scary how a how a front four and he's revitalised Robson Carno by the way because he he started the season with him out of having having him on the bench. He started with uh, uh, Zahar playing up front as a lone striker. He then uh, reverted to playing Charlie Austin. Um, he's decided that Robson Carno is is his main number nine. With those three behind, and Charlie Austin didn't get on at the weekend, and and Robson Carlos scored himself a goal, <laughs> Pereira scored himself a goal, and had had assists all all afternoon, um, and uh, Phillips as well, you know, and Dean Garner. There was a piece of skill in the uh, out wide where he, he juggled the ball on his head and then uh, and then sent the lad for a bag of chips, and I just thought it was just, you know, it, it was they were joy to watch going forward. They were joy to watch defensively. They looked solid. You know what I mean? I, I honestly can't see them stopping this um, this train because they're on this journey where it just looks. I just can't see anyone stopping them, Si. And you know, I mean, going forward, you know what I mean? That that what three goals in the first half, two goals in the second half. They had 19 shots on goal. It was just it's never ended. It's relentless. You know what I mean? And and to do it against um, a good side because once you know mugs, by the way, you know what I mean. And this yeah. isn't. You know what I mean? And this isn't. I could go down the route of saying Swansea's defence was all over the place. Swansea's defence was ripped, was torn apart, but torn apart in the right possible way by 
a front four who was just on, on top form. And this isn't just a one-off, by the way. You know what I mean? Pereira has got to be the best player in the championship currently on current form. And when you've got someone like that who can, who can turn in performances like he is and, and set goals up like he is, make football games look as easy as he is doing. You know what I mean? That West Brom have got themselves an absolute find and, and they're so lucky to have him. And, and, um, and you know what I mean? They scored five, could have been seven or eight. Um, Swansea were lucky at times to keep the score down and had a couple of chances themselves. But I thought that, that, that it was men against boys and, you know what I mean? Swansea just weren't, weren't at the races. And we, we said this, Si, about it was before they played Cardiff, they were on a really bad run. And then they beat Cardiff and now they're on a worse run. You know what I mean? So the, you know what I mean? And that was when they were in the playoffs, and now what? They're, they're hanging in at eleventh place, and you know what I mean? The Swansea fans who, who follow me on Twitter, or who, who probably don't follow me, but abuse me on Twitter about that, that, that they were ahead of Cardiff. Well, tides have turned this weekend, and they're now one point behind them. And if if they want to go down the route of uh, they're ahead of Middlesbrough, they're going to be ahead of Middlesbrough all season unless they get relegated. So, you know what I mean? So if that's if if they're happy with that or they're happy with just being ahead of certain teams, then, then so be it. But the league season is a marathon, not a sprint. And regardless of what people say of the one-off result, the league table doesn't lie. And I've said this for the past so many shows about Middlesbrough, you know what I mean? That It's the same with Swansea, it's the same with Cardiff. You know what I mean? You're only as good as your last game. You're only as good as the league table tells you. You know what I mean? The league table tells the truth. Leeds United and West Brom are the two best sides in the league. Fact. The three best, the three worst sides at the minute are the three sides in relegation, and Swansea are, are finding things really difficult at the minute. Yeah, um, <clears throat> West Brom were outstanding, and I think that they could run away with it if they keep going the way they're going because they've got so many players who are so good. Oh, strength and um, depth side for me. Strength and depth, and look all over the all over the place. Matt Phillips, uh, Kyle Edwards, uh, Pereira were all amazing on side. So good. Um, Hal Robson Carney is the best finisher in the league at the moment. Um, oh, he just takes, takes every chance. But um, one player I think deserves a mention uh, is Semi Ajay. Ajay. Yeah, he scored the first goal, yeah. I didn't, want to, um, I didn't want to be disrespectful and get his name wrong. Well, the reason I wanted to give him a mention, um, and I'm going to mention Kadeem Harris as well, is because these two players were on the fringes of Cardiff's squad. They weren't really playing. Um and they took a, they gambled on themselves to go somewhere else and play regular football. He went to Rotherham. Did he go to Rotherham? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he went to Rotherham and then he obviously went to West Brom. He jumped back up, yeah. So. But they gambled that if they played regular football, they were good enough. And they've both proved it. Um, mm. And I think they deserve tremendous credit for that because it's easy to stay. You know, Cardiff's a relatively big club. They could have stayed there and just collected the money, maybe hoped to get into the squad eventually. But they wanted, <coughs> you know, they wanted to play rather than just, um, you know, just happily sit on the bench, not even get like, in the I squad. I like that side. You've yeah. got to challenge yourself. Sometimes you've got to take one step forward. To yeah. take two, one step backwards to take two steps forward. And that's what these kind of players are doing. And back yourself a little yeah. bit. Because the manager yeah. doesn't fancy. You've got to back, you, back your own ability sometimes. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I thought uh, Matt Phillips was so so good. Um, he is, but he's a he's a Premier League player, si. Oh God, yeah. They've, they've got Premier League players in the Championship side. It's just it's ridiculous. But, um, you know, people will say that because I'm a Cardiff fan, 
I'm only saying this because it's Swansea, but I'm not. And I think we've shown all season that we've been fair to Swansea or Leeds or whoever. Yeah. It doesn't matter. We'll just say it as we see it. And when Swansea have been good, we've said it. And when they haven't, they act, we've said it. Now, That's what my, my comments say. My, my comments say we're all, all pro-West Brom. Yeah. The, result, the result speaks for itself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Regardless how good or bad Swansea were, West Brom were amazing. Yeah, absolutely. My, 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 my only uh, comment I'm going to make about Swansea in terms of how they played was in the, pre- in the preview show back in the summer we did, we both said that on the ball, going forwards, midfield, fantastic. They got a really good squad, um, a good team. But what we said was our concern with them is when they didn't have the depth in their squad for a big, long championship season and defensively, we were a bit concerned with would they be good enough. And I think now that's kind of come into fruition mm. in that they've had a few injuries, they haven't got the players to, to, to come in and, you know, kind of steady the ship or to, 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 to come in for those injured players. And also that bad run is now going to a terrible run because yeah. they're defensively not good enough. Now, yes, West Brom were unbelievable. But Swansea defensively were all... I know you said you didn't want to say it and you wanted to focus on West Brom. But Swansea were all over the place at the back. Um, they made errors. They gave the ball away. That's, it was very un-Swansea-like um, on the ball, I thought. Um, I thought they gave the ball away a lot more than they usually do. Um, and I just thought defensively they were a bit sloppy. Um, and I'll go into a bit more detail later on with that. I think um, I think so. the way that the way that they play is is really pretty when it works, but the championship's not there to to be to be played like that sometimes. And when you have got somebody like uh, Neil Warnock, Slavin Bilic, Bielsa, who mixes the games up and plays at a high tempo and plays at a, at a pace which which doesn't suit sides like Swansea, you know what I mean? Cause them their own problems. And I think on Saturday they were. You know what I mean? They were beaten by an excellent side on the day. You know what I mean? But like you said, the run that they're on is just is disastrous. And you know what I mean? They need to turn around very quickly because you know what I mean that that the sides running away with the league, the sides running away at the top of the playoffs. You know what I mean? And the the gap's going to be too big for everybody to to close if we're not careful soon. Yeah, indeed. Um, I'll just finish off by saying those three managers you just mentioned: then uh, Bilic, Warnock. And Bielsa, the one thing they've all got in common is they're very experienced. So mm. when they come up against a side like Swansea or a Derby County who play out from the back, they will split the defenders and they will press high because mm. they adapt generally. I know Warnock, I've criticised this year for not adapting his tactics, but generally they'll, they'll come up with a plan to counteract what Swansea do. So what Cardiff tried to do in the Derby game was they tried to miss out the midfield. They just didn't do it really well. Um, But what they tried to do was miss out Swansea's midfield, hit the target man or hit the striker and then play off that. They just didn't do it very well. Um, And I just think Swansea needs to dig in now over the next Christmas period. They've got to dig in and they've got to find points. They've got to come together as a group. And if that means they've got to be a bit more direct and not play the pretty football they have to do that because if they go into the Christmas period and keep losing they could be in the bloody relegation zone by the end mm. of January and I don't, like I I don't say, want to like see, say, I I don't want to see Swansea go down 
I agree. I, listen, I agree. Listen, they play Middlesbrough on Saturday. Um, Five nil Middlesbrough. I know. Well, I know if Swansea bring their A game to the Liberty and they pass Middlesbrough off the park, they could beat Middlesbrough three, four, five easily, easily. But if they play like they did on Saturday, Middlesbrough will frustrate them. They'll play the game at their pace, and Swansea won't like the game at all, and the fans will hate. You know what I mean? So they've got to earn the right to play. They can't just expect and wait things for ha- wait things to happen. Unfortunately, you know that's not the way that the way of the world. You've got to make things happen in the championships. At the minute, it's at a level where you've got to make things happen. You can't uh, it takes no prisoner at the minute in the championship. Got to defend properly as well. Yeah, as long, apart from Leeds and probably West Brom normally, um, who probably do still let goals in. By the way, the odd one. There's probably only Leeds who I can think of who are keeping enough clean sheets to to win games to to yeah. guarantee a win. Spot on, mate. Spot on. Um, so that's our three main features games where we go into a bit more detail. Now we're going to go through the rest of the games, starting with Friday night, Millwall 2, Forest 2. I enjoyed this side, to be fair. I thought it was a great game. Um, I've, um, I've slagged Sky off for, for having um, the so-called biggest... Same biggest, biggest bit, Yeah, so I, I was interested to see Millwall because, um, you know what I mean, our, our friend uh, Jed Wallace, you know what I mean? Oh, and to be fair, every time he got the ball... I was just excited. I wanted, I wanted, I wanted him to get the ball all the time because he was just making things happen. But I thought Millwall first half were were dominant. I thought they were excellent. I thought Gary Wright had got his tactics spot on. He frustrated um, Nottingham Forest. Um, they had enough clear cut chances to to win the game. They, they took the lead through Williams, deserved to be so. And then at half time, whatever got said in the second half, uh, at half time, Forest got the the tactics spot on. You can't give Lewis grabbing space in the box. Or he'll punish you. He said this about good, good, good players, and he got himself uh, obviously the equaliser on the hour. And then, uh, well, I thought the way that the game went, uh, Amiobi's ball to him, and he, he got the winner in the 88th minute. And then, lo and behold, Millwall didn't uh, didn't give up and and got a, an equaliser in the in the 92nd minute by a. The commentators were saying it was a it was a fumble by the goalkeeper, but I thought it was a decent save, and it was a decent save, but he didn't push it out wide and push it straight back in the danger and. I know Brian was there to, to smash it home, and you know what I mean. I just thought probably a, a draw was a, a fair result on the on the on the day because uh, I thought the first half I thought Millwall deserved the win, the second half I thought Forest were the better side. So overall, I thought it was a was a fair and, and very entertaining two-all draw. Yeah, I think um, since Gary Rowett's come in, Millwall have been very very good. They're in, unbeaten in five games now, and I think they could have easily won this really yeah. on another day. Um, I'd say I don't know why Lewis Grabham's on the bench. I gotta say, um, yeah, well, I got, he's carrying I got, I got, a knock. Yeah, well, I even if he's signed, you know what I mean. You you worry you worry there is if he's injured, you're gonna bring bringing him on in early in the second half, so you're gonna play him just as much as you are yeah. if you started the game. Because if you started him, you bring him off at half time if he's but, done his job. So yeah, it's bizarre, and then they looked they struggled without him. They looked toothless without him. Like yeah, when he came on, it changed the game. He looked dangerous. He well, scored. Just and... Not just him, as well. Other players looked dangerous because he yeah. was on the pitch. Because other players know how he plays, and 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 the whole team is revolved around him, Abiobi, Joel Olley. These kind of players, you know, what I mean? these even... kind of players need to play. You know what I mean? So, and when these kind of players play, Forest look a better side. Yeah. But when when they don't play, they're going to struggle because the players who who play instead are not as good as the Lewis Grabbins of this world and. You know what I mean? If I'm a Middlesbrough fan, 
And if I saw Nottingham Forest team sheet on Tuesday night and Lewis Goblin's on the bench, I'm delighted. I'm delighted because he can't hurt us on the bench. He can hurt us when he's starting, though. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I barely heard Joe Lolly or Ami Obi's name before Grabham come on, which tells you everything you need to know, really. I totally agree. Um, but however, I think Millwall deserve a tremendous amount of credit because I thought yeah, they were yeah, very, yeah. very good in the first half. So I don't want to take away from that. But no, but, but I think they'll say it also gives them a little bit of a confidence boost to see him not in the side. So yeah, definitely rather you know gives them bench, a, you? if you're if you're a centre half, if you're a centre half and you're you're coming up to a, a game thinking, how do I stop Lewis Grabbin? How do I stop him? And then all of a sudden he's not playing. You're thinking, brilliant. You you, you raise five ten percent already. So. Absolutely, mate. That's the way it is, isn't it? Mm. Um, so next up, you had uh, Huddersfield nil leads two. Uh, Huddersfield are on a bit of a bad run side, but when you're playing against a, a side as, as relentless as a West Brom and the Leeds, you know what I mean? The same as West Brom, that Leeds are just relentless at the minute. They're, they're keeping clean sheets, they're creating chances, they're scoring goals. This is 2 0 going on five. You know what I mean? Badford had a couple of chances. Um, Klitsch hit the post off a fantastic free kick in the first half. Uh, Alioski's goal was oh, top, oh, draw. top draw. Um, and um, Hernandez's goal was an excellent finish. So, all in all, I didn't really see Huddersfield causing Leeds any problems. I thought it was a local derby. Loads of guts, loads of thunder. I thought Huddersfield tried to give it, give it their all, but it came across a a lead side who, who just had far too much for them on the day and, um, and came off with a a deserved victory and the go the what is it saying the the goal marching on because they just nobody can touch them at the minute apart yeah. from a West Brom potentially but obviously they've already played them at, at Ellen Road. Yeah, um, you know it's obviously is a very special goal. Um, it's very difficult technique which I'll I'll talk about a bit more in detail later on. Um, Leeds just look. Just dangerous with every attack. They just they play such good football. Um, and I've said before, I'm a huge fan of uh, of the manager Bielsa. I just I think he's fantastic. He's entertaining. Gets better better. Well, he gets better and better. Si. He's just he's, he he gets better and better. He's you know what I mean. I'm I, I'm liking that he doesn't do post match interviews at the minute. That he's he's happy with the side, pushing on the way that he wants him, and he takes the pressure off himself. And I don't know. He's got. He's got everything. He's got everything going his way at the minute, and you know what I mean. And uh, you know what I mean. Uh, Middlesbrough fans won't like me for saying this, but and the Cardiff fans probably won't as well. But I hope Leeds go up because they deserve it. You know what I mean? Because the way that they play and for him and for a couple of other players and the way that the way that things are going, because teams deserve a little bit of recognition. And this show has been great and great for us to be able to say how well teams are playing and Leeds are, they're absolutely on fire the chances they create like, on a on a gamely basis are scary yeah I think um, the one thing I'd say about Bielsa though which I found interesting is uh, Nick Attire still hasn't started a game in the league um, and I read a thing saying Arsenal is still not going to call him recall him from his loan despite that but it's interesting because you'd think there was that period where Bamford wasn't scoring wasn't playing very well and they just didn't seem to want to give Nikataya that start and he's you know he scored some goals he's he's looked good when he's come on they just don't seem to fancy him as a starter which I find interesting not a bad player to have coming off the bench though No I totally agree well I think that's the thing that they've got strength and depth um, and, and that's all you can ask for so you can only ask for 
um, your players to go out and do their jobs. And it must be so frustrating for some of the Leeds players to not be given an opportunity because the team's playing that well. How can you change your How can you change your team? Yeah, it's an interesting one. But um, but then I think he had the chance, didn't he, when uh, Bamford was struggling for for goals. He was, he was and he stuck with him. And he's scoring shows, goals again. Shows, so shows 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 the the kind of manager he is that he knows his players. He sees them on a daily basis. Nezo's calling for Nick Attire to be given an opportunity because we see him coming on and scoring these goals. But he's stuck by his number nine, and he's now getting the rewards because Paddy's leading the line really well, chipping in with goals. Didn't score Saturday, but chipping in with goals over the last month and, and pushed leads up clear of uh, of third place now. Indeed, yeah, I agree. Uh, next up, Blackburn won Derby County nil. Um, what else can we say about about, about Derby? Um, the travelling is just just awful, and you know, I mean, we've, we've, if they're not careful, if the manager's not careful, he's going to lose his job because of his away form, because he's putting himself under a lot of pressure with the way the, the way that with the way that he has to win the home games because he's just not travelling very well. I know Blackburn have got some good attacking players. I thought Armstrong's. Goal was was excellent, great finish, near post, top corner, really really good finish. But you know, I mean, not really anything really happened in the first half, and and the longer the game goes on, you know, Blackburn are going to create chances of the home side. The onus is on them, but you know, what I mean, apart from a disallowed goal in the second half of Derby, which was offside and, and rightly rightly chalked off, there was nothing really of note which happened for for Derby, which is really worrying and worrying for Wayne Rooney coming in because. You know what I mean? The derby of all side, they create chances, they score goals. That I don't, I don't see any of this. And you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's got to be concerning because you don't know which derby side turning up, and we keep saying it's week in, week out. At home, they're a different animal than they are away from home. Well, they just away from home, they just don't seem that free flowing team that played under Lampard last year. I totally um, agree. And I just wonder, like I've been, we've been saying this now all season. Yeah. Rooney's coming in. He's on the bench now as well. He sat there, and I just think, how long will it be before the Derby board just say, "Right, enough's enough, yeah. Rooney, you take over and press that button." Koku's gone because they won't. They can't keep losing away from home no. because they're just going further and further down the table, and they're not consistent enough to rely on their uh, home form. Well, even the home form side is better than the away form, but it's not as consistent as it needs to be. And, and to be fair, the, the games that they are winning, they're not really playing any of the top sides. You know what I mean? So, but it's not like... in and around them and, and they're still losing the game. So, it's, it's, it's got to be concerning for everybody. Yeah, and it's not like uh, the, you know, it's not like their home ground is like some sort of fortress where they never lose. And is it, you know, do you know what I mean? No. They're, they're, yeah. uh, Pride they Park's are... a nice place. It's a nice place to go. It's not yeah. hostile, it's, it's a nice 16th they are, 16th. Mm. And, you know, we're just talking about, uh, you know, Middlesbrough, their target should be to stay above relegation. They're only two places, three places behind Derby. Birmingham, mm. we said, you know, they're doing really, really well, having a great season, 13th, two places, three places ahead of Derby. Mm. Um, we said Charlton, who had a fantastic start to the season, we're worried about them now. They're one yeah. place below Derby. Yeah. So, but, but Derby though their remit at the start of the season was definitely playoffs promotion definitely, definitely playoffs playoffs at a minimum so you know I mean they're, they're, they are massively underachieving and the Wayne Rooney factor I think has put even more pressure on the team yeah it's put even more pressure on the manager I'll tell you that much yeah 
Blackburn, I think, though, are, um, I really like them, the way they play, and they've got some great players going forward. Uh, yeah, so do I. But then I look at the league table and can't believe that they're, that they're stuck there in, like, 10th place because we've been... Didn't it, didn't it feel like they, we always seem to be saying how well they play and they've won? Yeah, they've won again. So they've, they've won all these games, but they're still only 10th. You know what I mean? So bizarre, no? they've obviously had a bad run at the start. And if, you know, I mean, saying that, though, they're, they're, they're two players, two points out of the playoffs. So Blackburn fans will be delighted with that. Yeah. And the problem is with this league is, is everyone beats everyone. So it's very yeah. difficult to judge when you just look at the results week in, yeah. week out without looking at the league. Like, I don't look at the league very often. I won't look at the league properly until, you know, I, like, I look, I'll look at it during the show just yeah. so I can talk about it. Whereas, like, personally, if you like, I won't look at it properly until probably February, where I'll look at it then, week in, like, week in, week out. Yeah. See, you know, well, what a Cardiff need to do and who's going to win and this and that. But, like... I only look at it, side just to make sure it's not lying. It's only well, lying. It is, I can tell you something, mate, and lay you into a little secret. It never lies. Never lies, mate, does it? Never lies. Never lies. Never lies. And just... You heard, it, was, you heard it on this show. Never yeah, lies. no one else says it. <laughs> no one else says it. We're the only one no. break, breaking news now as well. Mm. Um, yellow, yellow ticker tape underneath. Yeah, I might, might get that little graphic going. The league just, doesn't lie. Just for the whole show. Just <laughs> yellow ticker tape. The league table doesn't lie. Yeah. Um, well, when the t-shirts come, that could be one of the first ones. Okay. So, um, Fulham won. Bristol. What were we just saying about anyone could be anyone? Anyone could be anyone. You well, know, if there, if there was one game, I probably I, you would probably put your money on would be Fulham to win at home because they're strong, they create chances. And saying that though, the, probably the result for me doesn't reflect the performance and the chances creative. You know what I mean? Because I thought um, uh, some of the chances that Fulham Fulham missed, they hit the crossbar a couple of times. Um, uh, some of the saves from the goalkeeper were, were outstanding. You know what I mean? They got in, in and behind them quite a few times. And it was just, you know what I mean? 21 shots on goal. You know what I mean? 68%, 68% of the possession. You know what I mean? They, they dominated the game of football but lost. You know, Mitrovic missed a couple of, a couple of sitters. Um, there was a, a penalty decision, uh, which I'm going to go on about later on. Um, was was absolutely disastrous. You know what I mean? And, um, and really cost Fulham daily. But, Taking nothing away from Bristol City, that they, they, they haven't had a great time over the last last few weeks. You know, I know they won, they, they won heavily last week against Huddersfield five two, but they'll have gone into this game probably expecting to lose, and you know what I mean, not thinking it was going to be a very easy game. But to go there just shows how strong Bristol City squad is because um, they scored a couple of good goals as well. Si. I thought that the, the, the build up play for both goals I thought was outstanding. So. You know what I mean? You can't take away Fulham's missed chances. Fulham's, that's Fulham's own responsibility and Fulham's downfall, not Bristol City. So Bristol City, they got to Fulham and create the couple of chances they did and, and put them both away was, was excellent. And the longer the game went on, they were, they were probably expecting to hold out. And Ashley Williams throwing his body in front of, uh, in front of, the, in front of the, 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 the ground at times. And you know what I mean? He really relished the, the battle with Mitrovic and, you know, Mitrovic missed a couple of chances, but he, he shackled him really well at times. And the chances, what, what came through is, is, is the knockouts and the Kamaras and, um, and the goalkeeper stood firm at, at, at times when he needed to. And they held on in the end and it was a massive three points for them. Massive. Yeah, it's a big result for Bristol. I think, obviously, it's been a hellacious week for them as a club, as a team. I think it would have been a very difficult, you know, uh, week 
obviously with what happened with um, Ben Akafobi's uh, daughter. Um, so that's going to have an impact. You know, they're all, you know, their mates, their team. That's, yeah. That would have had a huge impact on the morale and how everyone felt. <laughs> but equally, I would imagine it probably spurred them on to, to go and get that result, you know, today. But it yeah. would have been a very difficult week. So to come and play a team of Fulham's quality and mm. win at Fulham, yeah, yeah. I think is a very good result. Yeah. Um, I think Fulham, you know, you've got to, got to take those chances. Um, yeah. Well, we said that we said too many side, missed we, chances. We said the times, the times that Leeds have lost this season. You know, what I mean, you can't afford to miss the chances. What you do, and you know, what I mean, that, that you miss the chances early doors. You, you come back to rue those kind of chances, and the longer the game goes, it's desperation and. You know what I mean? I, I do believe it was a penalty, which I'll talk about later on. But yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, easily. Yeah, you're then hanging on that that decision. It was a penalty, but you, you know what I mean. Where you put the chances to bed later on, it doesn't matter if it's a penalty or not. So yeah, and there was some chances there which you know got to be taken at this level. You'd expect you know? you'd expect them to take them with, with the kind of players they've got. Well, Mitrovic on his own, you know, he should be. Yeah. he should be taking those chances. Yeah, um, totally agree. Sorry, mate. I would tell you the next game, but I've just gone off the screen and I can't find <laughs> can't find where um, it was. Hull Stoke. There you go. Hull Stoke two one to Hull. Yeah, probably something I wasn't. Uh, I didn't expect at half time. I thought um, I thought uh, first half. Well, especially the start. I thought Stoke were outstanding with um, with the start that they made. James McLean, brilliant cross, and Sam Vaux being Sam Vaux and of old and 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 heading the ball down. But I think we've said this and I've said it earlier on about goals change games. After that. I thought Stoke, I thought Hull were outstanding, and it's like the goal changed the game for Stoke as well. That I think they thought that they that they've done enough, and and that's been a couple of times this season that they've, they've had that mentality and Hull created a chance in the first half, didn't get um, any joy, but second half, what um, whatever um, Grant McCann said at half time, especially to Jared Bowen, that he came out straight away and turned the game on its head within what eleven minutes and got himself two goals and two outstanding finishes as well, and they created some chances, Hull. You know what I mean, and. And they've uh, and they've put some uh, some sides to bed this season at, uh, at the KC Stadium. And, um, you know what I mean? That they, they beat what Preston there four um, nil. Obviously they beat Stoke there again. And you know what I mean? There's only there's only West Brom who's gone there and and turned them over in the last couple of months. And you know what I mean? They're, you know if they can keep all the Jared Bourne, they'll have an opportunity to have a really successful season. But you take his goals and you take Rizicki's goals out of it. You know what I mean? I'd, 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 I'd really worry for them. But you know what I mean? You can only judge them on. Current performances and, and and with players that they've got in the side and and uh, and they certainly deserve to win on uh, on Saturday. The thing is with Jared Bowen is just like we were just saying about Grabham is everybody looks dangerous when Bowen's on form and fit and firing. Everyone yeah. around him looks better. Um, yeah. I do question the mentality of the Stoke City players. I don't so do I, I, I don't like to do it, but it's happened so many times this year. They just look fragile mentally. They don't seem strong and capable of like seeing out results. But I'm also, I'm also. It was one nil. Let's make no mistake, Anne. Sorry to interrupt you, Ed. It was one nil. It wasn't like they were three nil up. So they should be, you know, they should be playing and playing and playing and trying to get that second goal. And they just kind of sat back. They didn't go forward or back. They're just there, Um, and they just, as you turn my phrase. My favourite phrase. It was a bit piss poor. Yeah, but I've said side that I, I fully expect them to get get out of relegation. But now I'm starting to question the mentality of the players and and are they good enough to really get out of it? Have they got the fight and the desire 
to yeah. get out of where they're in. You know what I mean? Because let's not let's not make no no bones about it. They are they're in, in it deep. They are in it deep. And if they haven't got the fighting desire to get out of it, they ain't going to get out of it. Because teams aren't scared to to go to the Britannia. Teams aren't scared to play Stoke City at home. Yes, on paper they've got some good players, but if you haven't got the heart, the 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 fight and the desire to get out of this dogfight, they're going to be in it for the rest of the season and have they got the, the players to get out of it. How many of those players uh, just think, well, if we go down, I'll just sign for someone I'll in the Championship ship, or the Premier League? Ship. So I don't really, they make no difference to me. Exactly, because because they've done it before. Because yeah. they've done it for other teams and they'll do it again because they've got no heart and desire to, to stick it out. And that, might sound, that might sound tough and callous, but you know what I mean? Athens, unfortunately, players are players are in it the same as everyone else and if they haven't got the fight of, like fans have got just jump ship in January and let someone else take over and and take your place and and uh, teams can get out of the rubbish that you've left them in it. Yeah and they've got the players to you know those players should nowhere, be nowhere near the bottom of the championship but um, they just are Jared Bowen mate awesome again Oh class 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 and uh, will, he, will he stay there I don't think so we had no. a chat earlier on, and I just think, uh, uh, I just think that these kind of players that they loved at these kind of clubs, but you know what I mean. They've got to, um, they've got to, you know what I mean. They've got to look at what's best for their football futures as well. I still think he'd be perfect for Cardiff City. Oh, you totally agree. Him and uh, totally him and agree. him and Gratzel up front. Yeah, totally I think agree. that would suit the way that Harris likes to play with the target man, and have yeah. Jared Bowen playing just off him would be. Nice. Yeah, uh, next totally up, agree. Luton versus Wigan. Uh, the longer this game, game, the longer this game went on, Si, I, I, I t- certainly didn't expect uh, anything but a Wigan win, and Wigan have been struggling over the last, um, well, probably all season. But the longer this game went on, Kiefer Moore I thought was outstanding, scored a really good header. Should have scored again in the second half. Um, but it just shows Luton's never say die attitude and. Yeah, he brings on Callum McManaman, equalises with a with a really good shot in the eighty seventh minute, and um, and then Dunkley gets sent off for a probably more of a rugby tackle to get a second yellow card, and then uh, George Monker steps up and smashes in a great hit to to, to get the three points. And the celebration just just showed how much desire that, that these Luton players have to to get out of the relegation dogfight they're in. And you know what I mean? That you know, the part of me really wants Luton to get out of it because of how much they've showed so far in the championship and. You know what I mean? I was really pleased that they that they got the victory, but it just it just it just brings things in the championship even tighter because you know what I mean. Wigan are what in the relegation twenty second with sixteen points. Huddersfield just ahead of them. Luton are on twenty, but they've let forty one goals in. But scored twenty seven, and you know what I mean. They've scored ten more goals than Middlesbrough, and and they're below them. And so it just shows how how tight that league is. But I think uh, for me, they fully deserve the, the three points overall. And um, but. It's just how late in the game that um, Wigan can't afford to not be able to see games out like like, like they're doing at the minute because 87 minutes, 1-0 up. You just shut up shop, you see the game out and they're just not good enough to do it. Yeah, I, um, it was interesting what Graham Jones said afterwards. He said, you earn the right to stay in the league on moments like today, um, referring to the comeback. And now, you know, let's not forget last week, Luton got smashed 7-0 by Brentford. Yeah, last week, yeah. So yeah. to come back, it's be 1-0 down with three minutes to go and come back and win, that shows a, the opposite to what we were just discussing about the Stoke players. Shows yeah. a tremendous amount of fight and heart to, yeah. to, 
to be able to you know never say die and yeah. doesn't matter if there's only three minutes left we're going to go and win this yeah the sending offs helped obviously after the goal but you know it doesn't yeah. matter they've still had to go and grab it earn your luck sometimes Si and I think that I think they've earned that with their with the performances this season yeah spot on uh, next up QPR 2 Preston nil. anyone can beat anyone didn't see this coming as well, Si, but when you've got somebody um, like uh, Eze in your team, then you've, you've got an opportunity to to win a football match. You know what I mean? I thought his first goal was outstanding and his penalty, again, you know what I mean? How many times is he going to take this kind of penalty? You know, his penalty, his technique is slow run up, stop, keep the dives, put to put keep the wrong way, just making the goalkeeper look silly. And um, Eze's season so far, you know, it'd be interesting they can keep hold of him, Si, because, um, you know what I mean? He scored, what, nine goals? So he's got a goal every two games so far this season. Uh, and he's just a, he's just a pure threatening outlet every time he gets the ball. And without his goals, QPR wouldn't be half as good as they are. What Preston is just outside the playoffs, and QPR 14th in the league, and they've had an excellent season. So it just shows how um, how how reliant they are on Naki Wells, Hugill, and Eze. Yeah, this was more like the Preston that I expected this year. Start of the season, yeah. This is what I yeah, predicted, totally and that's how I yeah. thought they would be. Um, yeah. And they obviously have made me look. Stupid all season, yeah. but I mean they were not great. I got to be honest. No, uh, but QPR were very good. Um, but QPR as well, you know, they've been in a rough run. So for them to pl- pull out a performance like this against the Preston team, who have been you know in form and doing well, big shout out to them. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, next up, Red in two, Birmingham three goals. Goals galore, and um, probably not something I've expected to see with since Mark Warnes took over because they've been a lot more solid you know what I mean they've, they've scored goals and created chances but um, you know I mean you go 1-0 behind just before half time through, through an own goal and get another own goal uh, weekend for own goals but then they, they get themselves back in just before half time and I think after half time then you expect to go on and, and go and kick on and win the game that's what I totally expected but when you've got somebody to come and take a free kick like uh, like Bella struck for, um, for, for Birmingham was just outstanding and um, you know, I don't think he'll ever hit a better free kick than that, and um, and I think he just set the tone. And um, I've got to, I've got to say, um, Jude Bellingham, I thought was just out of this world again. He obviously, he, he played a big part in the first the first goal, which was an own goal, and and just he's just what sixteen going on thirty two, and he's just outstanding out of this world. And for a young boy to, but he needs to. We said this on the show that he needs, needs to stay there, play his football in the championship, see the season out, play fifty games, and. And then see where see what happens in the summer. Yeah, he needs to stay there, in my opinion. So I think I said last week he's about nineteen, twenty. Play, yeah. have hundred games under his belt, and then go and get that big move because yeah. otherwise it's just a waste. I thought yeah. Bella um, for Birmingham, not just the goal, but I thought generally yeah, he was, was outstanding. But when you, when you when, when you when you score when you score a goal like that, you know what I mean, free kick like that, you, you just know you're having a good game because there's confidence yeah. to, to hit that from where he hit it from. It's just outstanding on the goalkeeper side as well. You know, I mean, you want it many, many better than that. Yeah, and he wasn't even, you know, on the keeper's fault either. It was just no, it was just a good hit. Good hit. Yeah, good hit. Yeah, got to give credit where credit's due. Indeed. And then uh, finally, we got the Stephen Stephen Fletcher show with Sheffield Wednesday two Brentford one. Yeah, to be fair, um, how he didn't score more than two side was just yeah. beyond me because he, he he some of the chances that he scored were harder than the ones that he missed. And you know, what I mean, when you've got a, a player like him and you've got. Jordan Rhodes on the bench. You've got Adam Reach on the bench. Who you bring on? You know what I mean. That they've they've got a they've got some talent in their squad. By the way, you know what I mean. And this is not this is not taking anything away from Brentford. 
They started the game, they went 1-0 ahead. Better side, deserved to be ahead. I thought they were unlucky not to get something from the game, but um, over the last few weeks, they've been a, been a very good championship side. And But when a team's got somebody of the ilk of Stephen Fletcher up front, you're going to create chances, you're going to score goals. He's a, he's a menace. He, he, he takes the pressure off other players. And when you've got people, and I've just named the substitutes, you've got Adam Reister coming on, you've got Jordan Rhodes coming on. You've, you know what I mean? If you've got strength and depth of, of players like that, then you're going to win more games and you're going to create a lot more chances. And, uh, and Chef Weather are going to upset a lot of sides this season with the way that they play. Yeah, Jordan Rhodes was um, like the hot hot thing in the Premier League a few years back. You know, he was... People he signed the middles for 10 million quid. So I know, I know how good the boy is. I, I've seen him week in, week out. And the lad knows where the, where the net is and scores goals. And uh, is really effective in, at this level. And um, You know what I mean? But I think he'll, he'll flourish playing up front with Stephen Fletcher but they, they both need to play in partnership and in tandem and if he's on the bench how's, how's he going to score goals yeah ridiculous handball um, uh, well I'm going to mention that later on yeah uh, but yeah a ridiculous decision to do it I thought you just about to say it took the word out of my mouth there Kadeem Harris just causing problems just you know what I mean that if you've got Kadeem Harris taking taking or having um, Adam reach out the side you know what I mean just shows how, how, how good a job he's doing so you know what I mean? Long may that continue because he's he's playing well. He's he's grown with confidence. Teams are scared of him, and long may that continue because he's he's took a step back to progress his career forward. And I'm all over people who do that. Yeah, took a gamble on himself. I've got no nothing but respect for that. And yeah, then totally agree. His cross for the I think it was the second goal was beautiful. Yeah, excellent, excellent, and. Uh, when you've got delivery from right and left, like Stephen Fletcher's got, he's going to score goals. Yeah, well, we've been saying that for the last few weeks, haven't we? If you put the ball in the box, he'll score goals. Yeah. Okay, so that's uh, that's all the games. So we'll uh, we'll go to our two for two, where myself and Andy pick two big performances, moments or players, and two nightmares from the weekend. So I can't remember what we started on last week. I think we started on the downs. So we'll start on the ups this week. Let's go with the positive start. Who you got for your first one, mate? Well, I've just mentioned him there. So I've gone for Stephen Fletcher for his two goals. And not just his two goals, because his all-round performance on, on Saturday galvanised um, Sheffield Wednesday, got them back in the game. And just the way that he leads the line, takes the pressure off other players. And you know what I mean? He's an absolute menace. And, you know what I mean? And, and Sheffield Wednesday, if they can keep him fit and playing as well as he has, they've got an opportunity to fight those top two places. And, you know what I mean? Because if 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 those top two are going to be caught, it's going to be by a side with a player like Fletcher in it. Yeah, absolutely, mate. I couldn't agree more. I um, so I've gone for Arioski of Leeds just for that absolute goal. Yeah, yeah, great. I goal, always yeah. have um, so much time for these types of goals because it's so hard mm. to control it on the volley coming yeah, out yeah. of the air like that and hitting it first time is very very difficult to do. And like I'm I was totally impressed. Agree. I was impressed with before I'd seen this goal. I was impressed with how Tomlin had controlled his. Yeah, yeah. Like when you compare the two, it's nothing, is it? You know. No. no, but yeah, and it's also the pressure as well. Side of, of, of times in the games, you know what I mean? Because he was under pressure to to hit that as well. You know what I mean? Mm. So lads were coming and flying out at the time off a corner. So you know what I mean? His composure and his technique was just outstanding. Yeah, spot on. <laughs> uh, so next, which one you got next, mate? Um, I've gone for uh, Pereira from West Brom because I can't let a performance like that go without um, 
saying how good it was because scoring goals, creating chances, you know what I mean? He's just he's he's a joy to have in the championship and how a Premier League team get, didn't get hold of this boy is, is beyond me. But then but then what would what would I talk about? What would I rave about on a yeah. on a night, you know what I mean? So it's just uh, it's, it's a joy to watch and hopefully um, we can talk about him for, for a long time. He stays fit and he keeps on pulling performances like he is because if, if West Brom can keep him playing like he is, I can't see teams catching them up and, and them not winning games because he just makes them tick. He, You know what I mean? But then if teams do man-mark him, I think he's good enough to, to see defenders off. And if they do, then they're going to create more space for other players. So it'll be interesting how teams go about it. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Spot on. Uh so I've gone for, um, or actually before I say who I went for, I just wanted to give like a little thing that I thought came into contention. So you had Luton for their late comeback. You had QPR back with the winning thread. Danny Ward uh, scored again off the bench. Stephen Fletcher, Lee Tomlin was excellent. Bristol City, you know, after what was a difficult week to, to put in a performance like that, or, you know, deserve a big shout out. Yeah. Um, but I went with uh, Eze from QPR. He was just oh, fantastic. Show. Whole game. Yeah. The confidence and the just the balls of steel to take keep taking these penalties like that. And make you know, make no mistake, if he misses that penalty, I think there's like ten minutes to go and it's only one yeah. nil. So if he misses that, it gives the other team a lift and he's gotta, you know, he just strokes it in, he seals the game. And he was just incredible for the whole game. He was, you know, he's in good. Form. I totally agree, so. he's he's just, it, It's the arrogant side for me. It's, it's but it's in a good way. You know what I mean? He, he he handles it really well, and you know, I mean, to take a penalty like that and to and to score goals, and I just he's he's just he's having a really good season. Long may it continue because Cooper need it. I need all yeah. the help they can get. Yeah, and he's you know obviously he scored two as well. Um, so who you got for your first down, mate? Uh, my first down, I've gone for Rico Henry for his handball against Sheffield Wednesday for Brentford. I just thought it was just ridiculous. You know, I mean, the ball over the t- you've got to know where the man is, and he didn't have a clue where his man was. So the ball's come over the top, and to stick his arm in an unnatural position, it's just it's just stupidity. And you know, what I mean, how he thought he was going to get away with it was just beyond me. And you know, what I mean, the referee took his time. He took a good few seconds to make that decision to probably understand that. He, he has unballed it. Why has he unballed it? So give a penalty, and it's just it, got, it lets Jeff Wednesday back in the game, and these big decisions in, in in crucial times in games, and it's cost his side. I think the ref was thinking, "What the hell is he doing?" Yeah, I know. I just thought I probably he probably didn't, couldn't believe what he'd done. I, I couldn't watching it. So, um, so I've gone for. I struggled a bit with this one this week because. I've kind of gone for like I've given it to Grimes of Swansea. But I kind of nearly gave it to the whole Swansea defence as I thought they were as good as West Brom were. I thought. I totally agree. I, I, did, I did think. I did think about. Shot. I did think about that. But, um, and I just you know like to, to turn my favourite phrase. I thought their defending was piss poor. That was all um, over us. But I, I did give it to Grimes because I thought his error was which lets in Matt Phillips, whose yeah. assist assist by the way was sublime yeah, after was. he gets the ball. Um. But like he wasn't even good enough for a schoolboy error. It was that yeah. bad. It was totally agree. Insult to schoolboys. Totally um, agree. Who you got for your next one? They do need to sort their defence out. Are they going to have yeah, big, 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 big problems? Yeah, totally agree. The um, second one is Jeremy Simpson. So the referee who refereed Fulham against Bristol City. However, however, people judge the penalty decision. It was an absolutely disgraceful decision. And how we, how we can't get that right is beyond me because. It's just so blatant, it's unbelievable, you know what I mean? And the way the game panned out, um, Fulham 
got beat 2-1 it just looks even worse a decision because it had a massive impact on the result and you know what I mean it's just it just baffles me sometimes that that referees sometimes need help of course they do and it was just so blatant and both linesmen will have been able to see um, how he cut across him from behind from all angles because the way that I watched it from a couple of angles it was just so blatant it was un- unbelievable so I can't let that decision go unnoticed so he's he's got my second down yeah there was no excuse for it like you said the awful, line, linesman awful. should have seen it um, awful decision and it's, it's had an impact on the game um mm. I've gone for the Fulham finishing uh, and Mitrovic, but more Fulham as a whole for their finishing because I just feel like if they had put, you know, they at this level, the quality they've got, they've got to be taking at least one of those chances um, and it's cost them the game. You know, they, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't matter that it was a blatant penalty because they had so many chances, they should have been out of sight. They shouldn't have just won. They should have been, you know, three, four, Ahead, they missed a lot of chances, and I feel like that's not good enough. Just like I said, it wasn't good yeah. enough when uh, Bamford was doing it or Leeds yeah, was doing I, it. You can't, you can't have 20, 20 chances sign and only score one goal. It's not good enough. No, you cannot. And like I said, we're fair to everybody. Mm-hmm. So to finish off, now we'll have some couple of questions. Then we'll have the the fake jewelry bingo lingo. So. Right, let's have some questions. Uh, right, you can send your questions for Andy every week to facebook.com slash acecastnation or twitter at acecast underscore nation using the hashtag acenationarmy or email ace network contact at gmail.com uh, so first question oh I'm very disappointed to say that Peaches did not send us a word association word association she probably felt sorry for me uh, I, I'm very disappointed been, I was been, enjoying them she's been testing me out she's, she's run out of words maybe yeah probably I have <laughs> so uh, so Gaz wants to know uh, best goal you've ever witnessed first hand A as a fan and B as a player um, probably it just goes hand in hand so I'm just going to I'm just going to name it's just, it's just one for me so it's uh, Ryan Giggs in the FA Cup against uh, for Man United against Arsenal you know what I mean it was just, it was, it was a hero of mine anyway but you know what I mean to pick the ball up and to beat all those Arsenal players and, and then to finish the way that he did was just you know what I mean in a, in a high profile game was just was just ridiculous, and you know what I mean. It's just he's an outstanding footballer, but you know what I mean to to watch the game live and to witness it um, was just even better. Sweet. What's what's the best goal you've ever seen in a match you've been playing? Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's. I don't think. I don't think sometimes or when when things happen in a game that I played in. That you take notice of how good a, how good a goal was. You know, yeah. you probably don't respect it. You don't probably don't respect it as, as much as you should. Um, but probably oh, probably live. Um, oh, there was there was there was a, there was one from Emerson. Uh, Emerson scored. It was way at Sunderland, and he's he's hit this he's hit this shot from about thirty five yards out. Middles won the game two one. Um, and um, in local derby, and oh god, how the net. How the net didn't smash in half is just beyond mm-hmm. me. I, 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 if there was a um, a speed camera behind it, I would love to know that you know, the speed of it because I've never seen anybody hit a ball so sweet. And he celebrated as he 
as he hit it, he just knew it was going in. And yeah, so I'd probably say that one. I wasn't, I wasn't, in, I was there at the game, but I wasn't in the squad, so I was, I was in the stand, and he just knew straight away that it was going to be a goal when he hit it. So yeah, Emerson. Okay. Um, sorry, Slaven, Slaven. This must be Slaven Village. Slaven Village. Um, asks. Who are the top three managers of all time in the Premier League and the Championship? So I think he means like separately. Um, so the Premier League, you've got to go. Um, Mourinho's got to be up there. Um, Guardiola has got to be up there, and obviously Sir Alex Ferguson's got to be up there. And for me, I'm judging those on trophies. You know what I mean? The past, the present, the future. The way that you know what I mean that Fergie's tall of. Trophies is is probably never going to be beaten by an individual manager. Um, the way that Pep gets his players playing, um, and Jose deserves his credit for, for for how he came over as a special one and, and did what he did. You know, I, I believe Klopp will be up there in the next couple of years. But on current performance and the way that I've, the three I've just named, I, I don't see any bigger than those three. I think um, of those three as well as they all changed the way the Premier League played, like for their era. They changed how other teams approached playing. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. And I think, I think that that the tactics were spot on for that time. You know what I mean? I think Mourinho's been um, abused, slagged off for the way that he hasn't evolved his, his tactics. And you know what I mean? Guardiola's you know, struggling at the minute in certain games. So you know what I mean? It's about evolving and, and, and changing. And, and and one person I'm going to speak about in, in in a second about the championship is obviously he's lost his job because. He didn't evolve and didn't change. So, you know, I mean, what the, the championship. One of them, Neil Warnock, is the most is the most successful manager in the, in the championship ever, because you know, results don't lie, stats don't lie. You know, what I mean? he's been promoted how many times, and um, and he's been there. He's wore the t-shirt. So, you know, what I mean, for me, he's up there. I think Harry Redknapp's up there for what, what he's done in the championship. You know, what I mean, that he's he's been like a um, like a firewall of coming in and doing a job. Um, uh, and what I'm going to pick, which will probably surprise people, is is Bielsa, and I'm going to pick him because it's a consistency over over a couple of seasons now. Um, he's done it, and I hope he gets his reward now because of the, the way that I've just built him up. Because you know what I mean, he can only be counted as successful if he gets those rewards, and you know what I mean. You can't be successful unless you you get the holy grail of promotion or or. Uh, of 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 getting promoted, and you know what I mean. Brian Robson was very successful in the championship. He got promoted twice for Middlesbrough, but um, for me, Bielsa, you know what I mean. He's got he's got a huge club, and if he gets that club promoted, the, the world is oyster. Yeah, there was a report today that the owners of Paris Saint Germain have up to, or have got a, a fairly big stake in Leeds now, with the hope, with the look in towards if they get promoted, obviously giving them a massive, you know, taking over. Yeah, yeah. which I thought was interesting because if they got a load of money behind them, you know, could, could might not be long before we see Leeds back where they were, you know, in the Champions League and all that sort totally, of thing. Totally agree. So, um, Slavin also asks, uh, top three players of the Premier League and the Championship of all time? Oh, golly gosh. Um, um, I'm going to, I'll start with the Championship because so, I'll go, I'll go Paul Merson and uh, I said something last week about uh, on um, about being overrated, and I think my point was this point that I think every time he dropped out in the championship, playing for Middlesbrough, playing for Portsmouth, that he did it, and it was that um, probably 
then the expectation of going in the Premier League and, and kicking on and going to the next level. Do you know what I mean? That it was so that I just explaining that one, but that so he probably for me is is one of the best players that's come out of the Championship because he's he's been effective. He's got promoted how many times? Um, so he would certainly be up there. Um, championship players is is interesting, interesting one because define someone who's. Jordan Rhodes has got to be up there because he's he's done it for Huddersfield, he's done it for Sheffield Wednesday, he's done it for Middlesbrough, so he's he scored goals regularly that regularly there. Um, I don't know if I'll probably find another one who's who's done it consistently, but um, you know, I mean, someone who's done it over the last couple of seasons, who's who's doing it now in the Championship is Jared Boyne. So I'd like to to see him finishing off on a on a high and probably never seeing the Championship again, either getting promoted this season with a the card of City or another football club and then getting in the Premier League and never seeing the Championship again which, which would be nice for him and great for his football career um, Premier League uh, the best of all time for me um, Ryan Giggs Alan Shearer um, Michael Owen you know what I mean and there's, and there's many more no many Ronaldo. more well not for me because he's, he's done it of course he has you know what I mean but Ryan Giggs scored in every Every single league season, I could have picked Frank Lampard as well. So you know, I mean, I didn't. I played with Michael Owen. Um, I could have picked Stephen Steve G, but you know, what I mean, it's just Alan Shearer, record number of goals for, for Newcastle. So you know, what I mean, it's just inundated with you know, it's so hard to pick three. So hard yeah, because I'm just named another another five who, who I could pick. But you know, what I mean, I, I picked Ryan Giggs because he's my one of my heroes, and the other two because they were centre forwards of my era. Yeah, it's it's subjective as well, isn't it? It's it's very yeah. difficult. Like I don't tell you these questions beforehand, so you're on the spot trying to pick three. Um, you know, you could have had in the championship. You could have had like a Craig Bellamy, who uh, whilst he only did it, yeah. you know, for a year, he he got Cardiff finally up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you could do it on impact, or you do do it over like a, you know, doing it over a long period of time. It's very difficult, isn't it? To, what's the criteria? Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally um, so but, then, make... but, then, but but then again, though, sorry, I like I like it that I don't know because you know what I mean. It, it then it, it, your answers then become staged because you're expecting a question and you're yeah yeah uh, that's well, that's why I don't tell them to you. Yeah, know what I mean, it's it's great. Well, I'm prepared, I... you. Nah, why? why Pre- preparation's overrated. Yeah, overrated, mate. Yeah. Um. So the final question is: Who's the hardest championship player and Premier League player of all time? Um, hardest Premier League player I'll, I'll go Roy Keane and I'll go Roy Keane because it's just his desire to win his desire as a player as a manager as a coach he just he wanted to win everything in training apparently and I played against him a couple of times and, and it's just his desire was just second to none and I've never come across that um, anything like that you know what I mean and, 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 and I can imagine as a player he just doesn't let you um doesn't let you rest and rest on your laurels and just keep you on your toes all the time. Um, and one player who I did play with, um, I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick two. I'm going to pick two players that I played with um, in the championship with both. So Nigel Pearson from Middlesbrough. Um, he was a little bit like Roy Keane, but probably not, a little less demanding. That he wanted to win everything when it came to a game. That his standard was so high. Uh, it was just scary, and it was just it was just nice to be able to be on the same pitch as those kind of players and, and kind of City Graham Kavanagh so another captain who three captains there who just demand excellence from the players and um, obviously Cav, Cav wanted to better himself and 
when Cardiff got in the Premier League, his high standards went even higher. He was an international footballer and he just made the standards of training better. He just made the standard of players better. He just made the games even better. And he made, he made the expectations even higher as well. Yeah, can't argue with them, mate. Can't argue with them at all. And uh, to finish off, we'll have the best segment on podcast, radio, TV, anywhere. The fake Geordie bingo lingo. Teach me about your culture. Well, I'm going to visit um, famous people. So someone who, who I, I, know, I know pretty well, I would say. And he's obviously a, a big hit on TV and a big hit on Gillette uh, Soccer Saturday. So um, Chris Kamara. So, you know what I mean? I know he has his... Um, he has his his, his uh, followers, and you know what I mean. He's a he's a Middlesbrough boy. I know his family really well, and every time I see him in the area or see him at games, um, we always have a good chat about just the area because he's he's very proud of where he's come from, side side, and that's what I think I like from him that he doesn't forget his roots, uh, regardless that you know I know he lives in Leeds now, but he's a Middlesbrough born and bred boy, and never forgets his family and his and his roots in his area, and you know what I mean. He's a he's a big hit in this area and this this part of the world, and. Um, and we need all the help we can get down here, so <laughs> or up here, so I should say. Um, but yeah, Chris Kamara. Yeah, it's a good shout. Good shout, Cami. Everyone loves Cami. So um, just to finish off, then you can follow Andy on Twitter at AndyCampbell32. You can follow me at AceCast underscore Nation, and uh, you follow the show on Facebook.com slash AceCast. Nation, and uh, as I said at the start of the show, you can watch all our, our previous shows, all our other podcasts and shows uh, in video format at youtube.com slash ace podcast nation audio at all podcast providers, whether it's you know Apple Pods, Google Pods, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all the, all the big ones, all the good ones. We are there, guys, to help us grow. Best thing to do is leave comments on our posts, leave comments on the videos. Really need that. Um, subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe to your favorite podcast app, and uh, just get involved in the conversation. Let us know what you like or you don't like, and uh, send Andy questions every week, which you always do. Guys, it's been a pleasure. Andy, it's been an absolute pleasure as usual, mate. Yeah, I loved, loved it, loved it, mate. Thank you very much. It's a good one. I've got no idea how long we were on for because <coughs> the one thing which my new software does is it doesn't tell me how long I've been recording. I don't, I don't know I, either. I think it was about the usual time. But yeah, so do I. Yeah, so do I. Uh, right, cheers, and And Come guys, on. girls, people, thank you for watching. We'll both see you next week. Podcast Network.